Hello everyone and welcome to the first episode of the Pastcast, where me and my co-host, the founded Scarab, talk about all things nostalgic. Joe, how are you? I'm doing very well. I am so very ready to get started with this new podcast. Um, it's yeah. yeah, I'm I mean, especially considering the topic we have today, uh, Red Dead Redemption mm-hmm. One and also of course other things to do with the western genre but mainly focused on red dead one i'm so hyped because i absolutely adore i absolutely adore this game um so yeah mm. i'm doing fantastically just knowing they're about to get on that on, onto that i've got my red shirt on and you i can't see you right now but you better also have a red shirt i've got, on. A, I've got a bit of red i mean that that, uh, that can pass that's good enough Do you, have you also I'm, I'm definitely prepared yeah i didn't spend five fucking minutes trying to get that intro no right. no i'm, of course I'm not. ready for nah, you, yeah you, you're not no. you're not a complete you're not a complete retard definitely um have, have you also cut massive two massive scars across your face to truly embrace to truly get immersed uh, in a in, in in red dead one have you yeah of course i have Okay, right. I'm well, that's going to be the. I'm dedicated to games. That's going to be the first thing we do on the podcast. <laughs> Self harm. <laughs> Fucking great. Well done, Joe. That's a great idea. I mean, yeah. Fucking that nice one. F- fits right in. Fits right in. But now, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. Yeah, right. Red Dead Redemption. One of the best games of all time. Yeah. Dare I say these days, slightly underrated. Um, Ooh. Is that controversial take? I would say so. Not at all. I completely. I don't I, think it's like controversial. I, I, but. I completely agree. I think it's just maybe not underrated, but definitely overshadowed. You know. Yeah, that that's more the right word because like Red Dead to me, it, it used to be in my top five. Yeah. But like since Red Dead Two come out, it's not, and I feel like that's Red Dead One used to be considered one of the best games ever. Yeah. And now, because of Red Dead, 2, Red Dead Two does most things better than Red Dead 1, so it's like yeah. not obsolete, but as you say, it's overshadowed, yeah, and I it, don't think it should it, be. It, it, took it, it took everything to another level with like eight extra years of like development, and not just, you know, the game itself, but like the entire games industry, you know, the hardware that they're making mm. on, so it's yeah. it's such a it, it's such a completely different game, although the experiences are both just as good as each other, in my opinion. Um, really? Yeah. Well, to me, mm. the thing is about Red Dead is it's far more... Red Dead 1 and Red Dead 2 collectively, I think, are the best narratives. Uh, my favourite narratives in, in all of games. Um, yeah, including, like, including, I'm going to say it once and we're never going to say it again. No, don't. We're not saying this on the podcast. It was in the fucking contract. We oh, can't yeah, speak point. about good it point. ever. You're right. When they, when they, James will flog well, me well, if I do. Yeah, well, we can't. When they took us hostage and forced us uh, into their into their scheme, <laughs> and, <laughs> they, uh, they explicitly said none of that. Uh, yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, I- that's why this podcast is going to last approximately three episodes. <laughs> but yeah, because that's all I know about. But yeah, nah, Red Dead, I, what I, a fucking I game! I consider it yeah the best narrative in all gaming. Um, yeah. And honestly, you could make an argument that one does a lot of things narratively better than two, despite two being yes, you can incredible. You you can definitely make yes, that argument. Can. First and foremost, mm-hmm. though, just comparing it to two, I think. It's so strange because when I first played it, well, eleven years ago now, because um, I, 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 I yeah, I, I, play, I played it when it released, and holy shit, eleven years—that's weird to say. But um, when I first played mm. it, 
it felt like a complete game, you know? It felt like, a, you know, a complete story. But in yeah. retrospect, with the context of Red Dead 2, replaying Red Dead 1, it feels like... It, it feels like a sequel. Like, so yeah. much of it feels like there is events that happened before that we should have seen, that we should have experienced, and we never did. So... I, I still I can never quite yeah. tell if they did plan to make a, a sequel to it because it's just it's so perfectly set up for that for a prequel, you know? Yeah, exactly. And like it, we'll get onto like specific examples of how it adds additional context yeah. that like bolsters Red Dead One. But there's so many lines of dialogue. Like there's one where John says something about Bill, like um, well if he's like your brother while you're hunting him down Mm -hmm. and he says some shit like oh well he left me for dead twice and then the way they do that in Red Dead 2 it doesn't feel like oh this is the obligatory bit where Bill leaves John for dead it's just like oh yeah that's a thing that happened it's natural that's what happened I mean so much Mm. so much of the dialogue in Red Dead 1 is like Dan Houser and you know the other writers but Dan Houser specifically is a fucking masterpiece a mastermind of writing dialogue from so many lines in this game are memorable and quotable um, and I think that initially comes up a little bit after the intro which we'll talk about in a minute but with when he explains his past to Bonnie it's oh, so yeah, what a fucking scene. it's so enigmatic with what he's saying you you don't quite you, you, you know you don't know his family you don't know what happened but you still connect mm. with it so well you still feel what he feels about his family about the gang about everything in in a few lines of dialogue you know you feel the weight behind everything yeah which mm-hmm. is carried out through the, the entire rest of the game with so many other pieces of dialogue but i think first we should yeah. mention the the uh the opening scene because what one of the best openings yeah. in any game arguably the best ever arguably the best well like because the thing is the way it opens the way it actually opens mm-hmm. is so like weird for any sort of western where it's like quaint and it's sweet like you have Blackwater this little like picturesque fucking town Mm -hmm. as this like music place that's so like just sweet basically oh Exodus in America is a fantastic fantastic tune but you're right it doesn't feel like it's the opening to a high action a high paced action western you know it it feels like it almost feels like the start of a, a love story like yeah, and and then fucking John comes around the corner with Ross and Fordham, yeah. and then there's that fucking stinger, where it's like John represents the old West that we're used to, mm-hmm. but he's like out of he's out of place and he's outdated, and like from the very start, like they they establish that idea that like the West is dying so fucking well, like the dialogue yeah. on the train, oh. where like you have Jenny and the priest. And the two old women, and they're talking about that. And, like, the one, the fucking priest and the woman, they're talking about, like, good and bad. And how sometimes hateful acts and loving acts can, like, you know, there's so much grey area there. And you have so much of that with John, where, like, he kills people, and he kills his old friends. And he, like, he he does a fucking genocide on Mexico, basically, (laughs) and collapses the country (laughs) to say... But it's it's a loving act, even though he's killing people, and he's committing these acts of violence. It's like an act of... And, like, that whole opening sequence, everything's fucking a stat... Like, the way they walk through town with Ross and Fordham... Mm -hmm. There's, like, this... Just the animation, it establishes that there's, like, animosity between the two, yeah. that John doesn't want to be there. It's... 
the opening's fucking perfect. Yeah. Like, there's nothing I would change. Yeah, no, you know? I, I, I completely agree. I think the way I've always looked at it, because you obviously have Jenny and the priest in the front, and then the two old women mm. in the back, and the way I've always looked at it is Jenny and Jenny and the priest kind of represent John's inner conflict, and the two women at the back mm. represent the wider conflict of the West. And, you know, you've yeah. got how they t- discuss the natives and, you know, cowboys and, you know, these gangs and stuff. So the two women mm. represent, like, an exterior conflict, whereas Jenny and um, the priest represent John's inner turmoil. And I think using religion to, to get that point home, yeah. I just added, added, an extra, added an extra layer to that. So it's honestly, yeah. it's fantastic. It's on. Um, absolutely, absolutely fantastic. And I also love how throughout yeah. the entire game, everyone acts as if John's like some, you know, like gentrified city boy because they saw him. They, yeah, like every, I fucking Everyone know. saw him at Blackwater, and it's like no one really knows what he did or who he is. Mm. Um. So yeah. Also, yeah, it's, it's fucking walking great. up to Fort Mercer was retarded. Uh, <laughs> the, yeah. What? The first moment we actually get with him. He acts like a total retard, which is which is fine, you know. There's nothing wrong with like, that. But it's so. This is what another one of those things that, with the context of Red Dead Two, yeah, is so fucking depressing. Where like, like Bill and John were brothers, mm-hmm. right? And now you have this scene where he's like meeting him, what like twelve years later, yeah. and Bill he's like he's skinnier and he's grayed and he's like lost his fucking mind, yeah, and like. It's to just be fair, depressing, really. Bill, even in Red Dead too, Bill is, Bill was always an idiot, and I, you know, yeah. I, I also, but now he feels even more delusional. Yeah, I also, you know, now he's had like a taste of power. Yeah, I also love at the end of the game, Abigail mentions that when, when John's like, "Oh yeah, Bill had a gang and he was terrorizing, uh, terrorizing Fort Mercer." She was like, "Bill Williams, yeah, he was an idiot, um, because he, yeah, he yeah. is kind of presented as an idiot like throughout the game, but he somehow has control of this gang. It's a uh, yeah, but then again, John. Even even in Red Dead Two, John, it, it, it's strange, right? Because one thing I did notice mm. was that John in Red Dead Two and John in Red Dead One feel they're the same character, but for some reason in Red Dead One, John is so eloquent in the way he speaks. You always were one for fancy words. <laughs> like he he yeah. comes across really like well-educated and intelligent, whereas in Red Dead 2, he's kind of presented as an idiot from the very start of the game to the very end of it, which mm. ha- did kind of throw me off a little bit um, in Red Dead 2. I feel like yeah. he's not as... Well, yeah. Well, that's the thing, is it's like Bill, Javier, and Dutch stayed in that life, yeah. and it's like they've deteriorated, deteriorated from like Red Dead 2, mm-hmm. where they were. Mm-hmm. It's like they both feel like worse people yeah. more stupid people but like John yeah. having got away from that life uh, feels wiser for him okay yeah so he's like so evolved like, whereas they've just become static yeah. in a way that's how I see it and that's another reason why like the added context of Red Dead 2 yeah. like serves Red Dead 1 quite well I think yeah that does uh, that's, that's a good way to that's a good way to read it and then obviously you get picked yeah. up by Bonnie and uh well yeah, I, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, when I first played this game, and every other time I've played this game since, right? As I fucking hated I, that shit when I was little. What you? No. Did everything with Bonnie. Really? 
Yeah, because like when I was little, yeah. I like I paid attention to the story slightly, yeah. but it was like when there's like these deep conversations with like uh, the the marshal yeah. or some shit. It's like you know it's the means to an end. There's going to be a shootout. So like when I was playing this when I was like nine ten, yeah. I could like tolerate it. But with Bonnie, it was like oh, I'm just talking to some fucking farmer. Okay. Who cares? Okay. And it's like, but even now, to be honest, I feel like the missions with Bonnie mm-hmm. are like there's like three missions where you herd cows. Okay. And like you have to do everything twice. I feel like her missions sort of yeah, I think overstay for, their welcome, and they're saved by the dialogue. From a, for, yeah, I was you gonna know? say from a gameplay perspective. It's probably my least favorite part of the game, because it is. I mean, mm. the, the herding mechanics, and we'll get into that. But the herding mechanics are a little bit rough, a little bit dated. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, it's tough to get through. But nah, what I was gonna say was, every time I play this game, as much as I love Abigail, I always want to see John and Bonnie get together, f- because I no. And but I don't. I I don't really deep down. But there's always a part of me yeah. that feels like really melancholy about how how the relationship goes because it's clear that bonnie is craving someone some connection because you know i think it's the first mission you do with her and she tells you how all her brothers all her sisters died apart from one who went off to live the city life and you know become Mm. become a big banker or whatever and she only has her dad left she's working on a farm she doesn't she doesn't have anyone else and john you know John temporarily provides that for her, so then when he goes, it's like it's it's heartbreaking to see because, I mean, she saved she saved your life. Yeah. You're immediately gonna love her, hey. and and they have better chemistry. Like Bonnie and John just have better chemistry than Abigail and John. A little bit, yeah. To be honest, uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. I think they have more like flirtatious energy, kind of. Whereas mm. Abigail and John have always felt like a mar- like a long married couple. Like yeah, they hate each other, but they love each other. You know, like they're constantly arguing and like, yeah, going back yeah, and forth. Yeah. But they, you know, it feels more real. Yeah, I think um, probably exactly, exactly. But yeah, no, and then, but yeah, a lot of it is herding cattle and uh, and doing farm work, which I guess is nice from a perspective that it doesn't just fall back on like the GTA thing where it'll just put you straight in a gunfight. Or straight in, mm-hmm. straight in like a street race or something off the bat. I I like that stuff. It's just yeah. a bit excessive. Yeah, it's like, like a bit more. From a pacing perspective, I think it's done really well. A really like the game starts obviously with you getting shot, but then you have a really slow yeah. build to really connect with John and really connect with the world. And I think it immerses you yeah. perfectly into the world through this like th- th- these farming sections. But I think from a gameplay perspective, they can be a bit drawn out for sure. Yeah, I, I'd agree, but like, there's no way I'd want to skip them because the dialogue is so fucking good. Yeah, and I love John and Bonnie's relationship. What that is? What do you think? So it's like, <laughs> what do you think of um, Bonnie saying there's a lot of jobs on this that that women could do better than men? I'd imagine that would trigger think, you of all people. I think like if I was fourteen or thirteen, <laughs> I probably would have punched a hole in my <laughs> fucking telly. You know, uh, but like but, now. We've we've spoke about this before, yeah. that like Red Dead, I can't fucking word this without sounding like uh, Joe. Can you talk about women, please? Okay. Women in Red Here Dead One. Because okay. I know you have a have a thing. Well, to say uh, yeah, this is something that I noticed on replay, and I think it's one of the one of one of the great factors about Red Dead One. 
that if it was done now, people would say shit like, oh, it's um, SJW propaganda. You know, the quartering would probably make a video on it. But in Red Dead 1... <laughs> probably like five or six, to <laughs> yeah, be fair. Yeah, true, true. It's never one. True. Yeah. Um, in Red Dead 1, and in Red Dead 2 to an extent, but mo- it, it's most present in Red Dead 1, the few female characters that there are tend to be the most powerful from a from a mental and emotional perspective. They always tend to be the one, the person in the room. More down to earth. Yeah, they, they, they tend to be the person in the room that really knows what's going on. They tend to be the person in the room that, like, is is aware. Um, for, yeah. you, you know, because you, you've got the likes of Bill or um, Nigel West Dickens or Seth or Irish <laughs> or McDougal, yeah. who are all these, like, these crazed or racist fucking gunslingers running around killing each other skeptical Joe. With, that's that's the operative with, word skeptical <laughs> yeah with no uh, <laughs> with with no you know with no idea of the consequences whereas yeah. the likes of bonnie and and abigail are very mm. like aware of of everything that's going on but oftentimes yeah they're powerless to stop it because as john says a lot of times there are women in a man's world you know and then you have the likes of yeah. louisa in mexico who is the only pure, like, pure-hearted person in Mexico. Everyone in Mexico is out for power. Oh, that shit makes me so out, sad. Out for their own gain. And Luisa is mm-hmm. so dedicated to the cause, dedicated to the people. She wants freedom more than anything, and she will do anything to get it, whereas everyone else is corrupt and greedy and disgusting. So, and, and I think the reason that, that was it was written like that in the game is because it kind of reflects the real history of the Wild West. Because in the Wild West, mm-hmm. a woman played a very important role in developing it um, into more than just a mm. couple of camps in a desert. You know? Obviously, most of the jobs that women did were sex work in the Wild West. But mm-hmm. they that allowed them to help fund the buildings of churches, of schools, of businesses, of things like that. They went into the West and developed it into a you know, kind of a civilization yeah. to an extent. I, I just think it's liberal propaganda. <laughs> I think you need to get red pilled. I don't that's care. That's what it is. That, I, Joe, I don't that's care. What it is. I need to, get red pilled. I need to grow a neck. Beard I just want to shoot and, people. And, and, I don't want politics. And real, yeah. But no, I, I think it is very well done and it's subtle, but it's. It, yeah. it, it, is, it is a clear theme that I think works throughout the entire game. Um, and it also reflects the real Wild West, which I think is, is pretty cool. I mean, the Wild West itself is such an immersive world yeah. in this game. But they are very real characters, people. Like, like Bonnie's so fucking tragic. Yeah. She's not, like, idealised, or she doesn't become a caricature of, like, the strong female character. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. She, she's just very well done. Yeah, exactly. But, and then in Red Dead yeah. 2, you have, like, Sadie as well. You have, um, what's her name? Mm. That that uh, slightly chubby, Mary Beth. chubby woman. Nah, not Mary, not Mary Beth. Yeah. Karen. Karen, that's it, Karen. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, that was just that, that was just a small thing that I noticed. That I noticed for the first time when I played it, and I was like, I th- I think it was done on purpose to reflect the the, the real West, um, which I think is is just kind of cool. That's so much of Red Dead One though, where it's like, yeah, you know, it, it has like rock star glamour, but like there's so much grit as well. Yeah, and they do that so much with like something like Ella. It's it's a rock star thing. Yeah, you know, Alain was the same. It's almost like. You know with GTA 4, how they took GTA 4 and tried to push GTA in a more realistic direction? Mm-hmm. It's almost like they took that 
and they took the you know the the more serious story of GTA Four, and were like, yeah, they realized that it wasn't exactly perfect for GTA as a franchise, so that's what they turned mm. Red Dead into. They turned Red Dead Red Dead yeah, into so. the realistic, immersive, down to earth, grounded story focused game that still has the exaggerated parodical elements of of a Rockstar game, but is far more it's far more serious and far more you know. Yeah, story focused. Yeah, it's the best of both worlds. It's not a GTA four, but it's not a GTA five. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, and yeah. I I fucking love that though. When you wake up at McFarlane's ranch and like the the introduction to the world is really good, but just yeah. getting out of bed and walking about the ranch where there's like a few stray fucking like banjo strings yeah. as people walking about working, people like talking about shit. Yeah. It's so fucking immersive, and that's like. We'll talk about how Red Dead's aged in a bit, yeah. but like the one part of Red Dead that doesn't feel eleven years old is its world. The Absolutely. atmosphere is so fucking well yeah. done. It's some. I mean, fun. the world was kind of one of their main focuses going in, because at the time yeah. of release, Red Dead was one of one of the most expensive games of all time. Altogether, it was like it's like fifty million dollars. No, it? it was between eighty and hundred million. The first Red Dead, oh, and shit. that was two thousand ten on a game. It was what? Yeah, yeah, one of the most expensive games of all time to create. And uh, that was because they put so much focus into creating... The, like, Rockstar said it was the most ambitious world they created today because they put so much focus in the details. You know, the horse muscles, the horse physics, how the horses reacted, how people reacted to your actions, you know? The various different encounters you can yeah. have, the various random moments. Like, it, it all comes together to create this. And even, like, walking about, like, going go, going to sleep every night, uh, getting on the train to mm. fast travel or getting on the carriage to fast travel like it all serves a purpose that yeah. is to, to a lot of players who just run through it might not even be noticed but to you know to so many yeah. creates this immersive atmosphere that just it, it just can't be topped you know it, it, not at all and as well it's like how fame plays into the game like the fame mate yeah. like you'll play ambient you know dialogue where people notice you or like you can buy the newspapers are so oh, fucking yeah. good where like they'll the, the first one I picked up yeah. it was talking about like the conflict in Mexico before you get there yeah. it was talking about like Dutch I think they thought he was dead but it's not just events related to the story yeah. and that flesh out this like fictional world but it's it's like these advertisements for like old time medication oh, yeah. and shit like Jolly Jackson where it's yeah, where it feels so like of its time yeah. and real. I, I, I love yeah, that. Yeah, and that does add so much because th- there are some cases where like things can can lack development. Like for example, the the me- like the Mexico conflict. Unless you had, I mean, most people have a basic understanding of what happened in Mexico, but un- unless you have like the context, the revolution in Mexico mm. just come across like some random thing that's happening as opposed to like a massively important revolution so when you see that when you see that fleshed out in the newspapers or when you see dutch you know and his fame his infamy it like it, mm. it, it all adds so much to this to the story that's already there that's already deep so yeah it's a yeah great also yeah they're so big like there's whoever wrote the newspapers deserves like a raise because there's so many of them and they're all like yeah, they all know. have like they all have so much in them it's 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 mental mm. um yeah it is yeah fucking wild but then <laughs> uh, fucking we're, we're already a fair bit into this this could be a five-hour podcast um <laughs> yeah because then you head down to armadillo um 
and that yeah. ride into Armadillo. I, 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 yeah, I seeing it come up over yeah, the mountain. I can't think of another yeah. comparison that like that truly does it that well. When you ride down the hill, oh, it's 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 fantastic. Mm-hmm. And Armadillo itself is like, it's the most stereotypical Western town you can think of. You know the the yeah. one street with like the 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 blacksmith on one side and the and the saloon on the other. Yeah, and like there's no romance to it at all. It's yeah. just fucking filthy yeah. and horrible. And like I love that. Yeah. And I love the missions with um the marshal as well. Oh, that with Marshall Johnson and Eli. The, and that. the mini arc that the marshal goes through is so it, it, it's so fantastic. And I I wish he kind of got he retires, doesn't it? I wish he got more. Yeah, I wish he was like. I wish that was. Pre- I think it retires in a newspaper, but yeah, that, that I, was it. I, I wish you could see that in the main story because it, it, it's so interesting to see how he evolves. When you first meet him, he's um, mm. you know, he says like, "Oh, Bill Williamson, he's not in my county. Uh, you know, my job is to protect the citizens. You know, I'm." Yeah. I'm well, he, he's like John in that way. He only wants to do what he has to do. Exactly. He doesn't. He has no like moral obligation. Yeah. Uh, moral obligation. Like he he you know? he works for the money. You know. And then yeah. that that comes to a head when you go to is it which which ranch is it? It's at Hennekin's there. Um, do you know do you know the one I'm talking about? You ride to. Nah. I'll, I'll I'll try and find it. You, you when you go to Tumbleweed. N- no, it's not tum- it's not Tumbleweed. It is. Um, anyway, it's oh, fucking yeah. It, I forgot which ranch it is. Ridgewood Farm. That's it. You write down to Richard's farm, right? Um, and then yeah. you check in the barn. And that moment, when I was a kid, that moment hit me so hard, and it hit me so hard again today. Uh, yeah. When you open the barn and you see this, these bodies like molding, hanging from ha- hanging from the ceiling, and mm-hmm. that's the moment that the the marshal realizes what he has to do because he says fifty dollars for whoever brings Bill Williamson's. You know, Bill Williams' head or whatever. Yeah, and and, and there's those fucking women yeah, the, that just show yeah. it like they. It's not about the money. You know. I think it's it's not about the money. These are people's lives. They're dying, and you can like the yeah for a game that came out in 2010. Like the 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 facial animation of, of the marshal there, you can see how torn up he is. And straight after, as soon as that mission happens, he's like, "Yeah, we'll we'll help you find him. We'll do whatever it takes." Yeah, yeah, it's fucking good. like it's it's such a well done arc that yeah. Yeah, I, I do like the missions with the Marshall a lot. Especially, like, between the McFarlane's Ranch stuff. Because, like, yeah. if, you, if the start of the game was just an hour and a half of, like, you know, breaking horses, yeah. that wouldn't be the best introduction. Yeah, but, definitely. Like, that, that shit's fucking it, great. It definitely balances it out. Like, that, yeah. that, that's another thing about the game that it never really... It, it never creates a sense of repetition. Like, it does feel like everything is... Not it, not that everything's unique, but it never feels like you're doing the exact same mission like two or three times in a row. You know, there's always some added yeah. dynamic. E- even if the general gameplay, like even if the general gameplay is similar, like even if it's oh you're going to shoot someone or you're going to herd or you're going to do whatever. There's yeah, always a different there always spin. is a different dynamic. Yeah, there's like yeah. you know a, t- a, a a time limit or something, or you you have to you know yeah whatever it is. They they always switch it up, and I think. Yeah. If anything, that's one thing that Red Dead One does slightly better than Red Dead Two, is that I feel Red Dead Two at times the missions can get slightly like not repetitive but predictable. You know, 
Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Where like there'll be times where you're like, oh, when when's the big shootout gonna? Exactly. It's like you know, you know, you know something's gonna go wrong. You have that in Red Dead One to an extent. Yeah, but I, I I felt that a few times. But I feel like you know exactly what's gonna go wrong with Red Dead Two, whereas with Red Dead One, like, like if it it almost feels like anything could happen. You know, um, mm-hmm. it's like. Ah, the, the, yeah, like the, the, there's a mission where you're herding cattle and in in this in a storm, and suddenly lightning goes off and they they try and run off a cliff and you have to like chase them down so that you don't kill yeah. all of Bonnie's cattle. It's like it, it's mm-hmm. it's little things like that that just add add a little bit of spice to uh to the to the mission. Don't know what that was, but uh, it's, yeah, it, it's a bad TikTok reference. Let's just move past that before I get absolutely yeah, destroyed in the comments. <laughs> um, yeah, those missions are fucking. Speaking of up. the storm, right, and another detail: when you look up, yeah. right, when you look up in Red Dead Two, rain will splatter on your screen. And I know that's Re- that's a little I've thing. I never fucking noticed. I know, that. and I never noticed it until this playthrough. But I was in the storm. And I turned my tilt my head up, and it's not like a couple of splashes. The rain will cover your screen if you leave it for like 15, 20 seconds. No shit. So it's like because you have the hat on, obviously you don't see it, but then you look up and it, it covers your screen. And bro, I tried to That's I tried cool. to leave it for as long as possible, and it w- it did just keep going to the point where like I couldn't see anything on screen. It was so cool, and it was such a little detail that you know just. I've, yeah, I've, but the details make Red Dead yeah, One. Like they didn't need to include. Or that. like they don't make it, but they fucking. Yeah, they, like they they didn't know. need to include that. You know that that, that could have not been in yeah. the game, and it would have made no difference. But the fact that it was just adds so much. Yeah, because it shows that extra yeah. level of care. Yeah, but that's what like sets Rockstar apart yeah. from not even like good developers, but like fucking naughty. Well, Naughty Dog have so much detail as well. Yeah. But I feel as if Rockstar still are in their own tier. Yeah, definitely. They're, like they're, there isn't another Rockstar. Yeah, they're they're on another level when it comes to that. And you know, f- mm. f- even when it was like more rudimentary stuff, even when it was just you know a rain animation when you look up, it's like no one else was doing that at the time, or very very few yeah. people were doing that. That as, as well, because um, like I always looted like bodies, you okay. know, just to get some fucking money. Yeah. And there's this line where like I did a duel. Yeah. Um, and I looted the fucking guy that I just, like, shot in the duel. And John says some shit like, to the victor, the spoils, or some yeah. shit. And it's just shit like that's really fucking cool. Yeah, there's so many... You know? Honestly, I do, they must have recorded... They must have recorded a ridiculous amount of lines. Because it feels like, no matter where you are, you hear a unique piece of dialogue from, from an NPC. Yeah, and I, what I always did is I would always point my gun at like allies because i always oh, yeah. wanted to hear that unique oh, yeah. dialogue yeah i did that uh, the weird thing is they did they don't they haven't recorded dialogue for like abigail and uncle so you can right. just shoot at them <laughs> and they don't care <laughs> but like yeah i, I fucking love her yeah and nah, uh it, the, the details really make really make the world i think um like the atmosphere is yeah, there the so ambient good. music is there but i think it's the details that like you know, like wh- wh- when you're writing about, you can hear gunshots. You can hear the, the like the sound design d- design as well. You know, the crows you can hear. The horses, yeah. the fucking the hooves. Yeah. Like just shit like that. You know that. they had, you know they had a real stunt horse. They, they mocapped mo-capped a yeah. horse, didn't they? Yeah, they mocapped yeah, a real stunt yeah. horse. Which again, like no one was doing that type of thing at the time, and that's what's you know set them apart. Although. Yeah, it's fucking. The horse real. riding, is, of its time. Like, 
Red Dead 2 oh, upgraded sure. it a lot because it took me a while to really get to get to get back into it. Like it's not so it's not nearly as smooth as Red Dead 2. It's not even as smooth as like not at all. Um, another game that came out in 2009 that uh, I'm not going to mention because of the contract. No, no, stop. We're not allowed. It's better, but it's in the contract. But, but it's yeah, but it's, but it's not as smooth. Um, which that yeah. which I did notice quite early on, like especially with races. I feel like they've made races very easy because it's it's very hard to like get get sent off track you know no it's sorry it, yeah. it's very easy to get sent off track so like you're always ahead in the race but there's a possibility that yeah. your horse will just spaz out and go the complete opposite direction yeah well the thing is horses like another thing is if your horse yeah. goes on like a slight hill yeah where it's like it doesn't even have to be that steep they'll fucking fall down it yeah so like i came to mexico and I was so hyped for that, like, ride into Mexico. Because right. it's such a fucking great moment. And, like, my horse, he, he goes down, like, a, a three-inch sort of ridge. Yeah. And he falls into this <laughs> fucking river. And, like, I missed that entire Mexico section. Because of because that. Because the horse... It's not broken, but, like... No, it just has... Do you ever try and turn? There... And, like, it just floats? Yeah, and I... I you know? It feels like there are Shout points where it's on rails. And I think that was to add a certain element of, like, immersion... To try and keep it like mm-hmm. so, you keep on road, but it can it can get frustrating. Like if it does feel like there's a, they slight... should add a follow road feature. Oh, I think no. just so you don't get lost. Oh yeah, and then you can press a button to go to your main objective, so you don't even have to touch the controller. We're not doing it, Jack. I, We're not talking oh, about no. it. We can't. We can allude to it. It's fine. True. True. Um. Uh. Yeah. But yeah. So after that, obviously, after after all the Marshall stuff, you get introduced to, in my opinion the best three three side characters in the game and yes but maybe not characters but the best three like set of missions i'd in the put game. london rickets in yeah there. because most most it does kind of follow a formula of sorts which is you meet a character you do four missions with them and then they come together in some climax um which mm. i don't necessarily think is about it is you know a, a bad thing especially considering it was 2010 um, and it never gets it never gets boring, but it's definitely a bit formulaic in that in that regard. But I think the ones with Irish Seth and G- the good Sir Nigel West Dickens. Um, no, I fucking love Nigel West Dickens. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. I'd say the most fun. I'd say the most fun. Maybe not the best yeah. from a storytelling perspective, but like meeting Irish for the first time with a is it French and Welsh as well, and he's just he's yeah, just getting drowned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's up, boys? <laughs> Fuck off, boy. This don't concern you. When a man with a sing-song voice tells me to fuck off, it always concerns me, boyo. Like <laughs> it, it's brilliant, and West Dickens as well, like you mentioned. Like when you go to when you go to the farm with him, and you have to you have mm. to like shoot a hat out the sky. It's uh, mm. that's another thing. Yeah. When it comes to like dead eye and stuff, mm. and all the all the upgrades in the game. It always connects to the story. Like they could have just explained how Dead Eye works yeah. from the moment from the moment the game starts, but they integrate it mm-hmm. so you have to you, you know you, you wait till that moment to find out it exists. And like they didn't actually have to do that, but it makes so much more sense introducing that feature, you know. Yeah, it, it, exactly. Yeah. But like as as you say, that is the most fun. Just like you know, yeah. it's not depressing. Well, like Mexico is just. 
there's moments of humour, but it yeah. can get so fucking glum. And then Blackwater yeah. is just pure sadness. That, that's really like you know? the. That is really like the arc. It, it does go from fun, exciting western with serious elements to full-on serious story game. And you know, I mean, yeah. that's 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 definitely not a complaint. But it's yeah, the opening is it's the closest thing to like rock story and GTA-esque in the entire game. Like, the... the, yeah. the yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Hennigan'stead entire section is a real parody of Westerns. And I think it's I think it's pulled off fantastically. Mm-hmm. Seth the Gravedigger, Irish yeah. the Drunk, and Nigel West Dickens the Snake Oil Salesman. It's Yeah, and then that romance all wears off very slowly. Yeah. You know, instead of just throwing you into this, like, depressing, yeah. like, realistic retelling of yeah. the old West. You start, you start to see not only the cracks in... In in like them, but just the cracks in the entire, in the entire in the system, you know. You start to see the faults with yeah. the lifestyle that so many people are trying so hard to protect. That Dutch is trying to protect, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, um, yeah, that's fine. You start to see, especially in Mexico, and we'll definitely get to that. You start to see like a similarities between those in power and those who are supposedly trying to fight the power. Um, yeah, I fucking love that yeah. shit. Like, didn't even pick up on it when I was a kid, but yeah. like this time. Oh, it's it's mental though because there's so much, there's so much nuance to the story that I just never understood until until I replayed it, which is so weird. Like, mm. it, it clearly always hit me, you know, but I I, I yeah. never actually understood why until now. Um, yeah, well, like the first time I played this game, mm-hmm. I didn't play it when it came out. I played it when I was like nine or or, or ten. Um, and I, I didn't pick up on a lot of it. it. Was just I like John. John's cool. I'm yeah. sad he's dead. Yeah. But like. Whoa! Now, whoa! Whoa! What? What do you mean? Wait. What do you mean, oh, John? Fuck. No. Sorry. Not John. John. Sorry. Loves Shit. This is what? like that time when I spoiled that Black Widow dies. Do you know Black Widow's dead? Wait. What? Black Widow, like the MCU character. If Black Widow dies. No. No, she didn't. I, no, you're not gonna. Black Widow's a prequel. But, you're not gonna believe it. No, John. there's a film coming out over this crazy. year. She can't be dead. Nah, and, Joe, and Scarlett Johansson played yeah. an Asian woman. She can't be dead. <laughs> yeah, that, that she did, but that's uh, fine. Um, but yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Like, it is there's there's so much substance to what on the surface could be seen as a like a generic action western. Yeah, and and there's so much fucking like commentary on America. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, I don't mean to sound pretentious. But it it, it no, feels it, anti-American at points. No, that's, I, I wouldn't say that's pretentious at all. I'd say that's that's absolutely spot on. It is, it's a it's a massive critique of the quote unquote you know American dream, and and, and like the law yeah, as well, the civilization you know? that that it, that it brought with it. Um, and it's execute. I mean, Rockstar have always been known to like parody and critique. You know, most of their games are massive satires, but this one does it to an extent that is far more real than the likes of gta you know and and i think that's one of the leg ups red dead one has over red dead 2 oh yeah I, I, yeah I, not like red dead 2 has its commentary as well i'm yeah. not saying it doesn't yeah. but like red dead one yeah. it's it's more hard hitting i feel yeah i i, I it, say so yeah because it's more of a it's more of a focus i think yeah that's the thing i don't think it's like because 
it's any worse. I just think that was more so the focus of Red yeah. Dead One. It's not for a lack of trying. Yeah, you know, like Red Dead One was really focused on breaking down the entire concept of, of the American dream and of you know civiliz- civilization as a whole, and breaking down the the gray area between you know right and wrong. And like you said earlier, that's exactly what the train section in the opening like is alluding at. Yeah, is alluding to. It's um. Yeah. Stuff. But yeah, the, the the first section, the Hennigan's stead section, obviously climaxes in the most annoying fucking mission ever. The most annoying mission to What's ever that? occur. Storming Fort Mercer frustrates me Do you not to like no it? avail. I love it. I love the mission itself. It's great. Yeah. I remember when I, when I was a kid, I never understood what I was doing. So when the gun came out of the <laughs> out of the out of West Dickens cabin I was even surprised, yeah. which is so strange. <laughs> like, I, I I, would never properly pay attention to what I was doing. What, did you think you were playing as Wes Dickens? No, <laughs> no I'm, what I mean is, like, I didn't realise that we were getting a gun to fit Wes Dickens. Dickens uh, oh, you thought you were just getting, like, I didn't, a, I didn't, a rifle? I didn't know, yeah, I didn't, I didn't understand when I was a kid. Um, but yeah. that moment's so, so satisfying when you come out and you just ruin everyone. Um, yeah, I, I had a glitch when I played it where, like, one of the enemies just wouldn't come out of cover and I had to reload my game. Oh, but that's that, that is a fucking sick mission. But, like, those those missions do feel far more, like, action-packed yeah. and, like, set pacey than a lot of the others. Yeah. Like, there's also the one um, where you storm the mines with uh, with Irish oh, when you actually yeah. get the gun. Yeah. I love that that's one. It. Oh, when you're riding down the rail car as well. Yes. It, it, yeah. it, it is great. I mean, Irish... To be honest, Irish might be the best character in the game. What, better than John Marston? No, other than John. Other than John. Irish might be the best mm. character in the game. In terms of, like, favourite. Yeah. You know, mi- like, favourites, he's fucking He's just so... Yeah. He's just so... It's just Irish, eh? Like, you just you just love Irish. <laughs> right. He's just this drunk dude. Yeah. Who you can see, like, is scummy. But also, you can kind of see that he loves John, in a way. Yeah, he's endearing. Yeah, he's sort. He's he's sort. He has a similar dynamic as Uncle and John exactly. in Red Dead Two. Exactly. It's it's one of those, and fucking Seth is just the opposite. He's yeah. just the most fucking awful person. <laughs> no, he just I he like... just needs his map, bro. He just needs his map. Oh yeah, facts. If he gets his map, I, then I get it. Now. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's then... kind of sad though when he, you know, when he when he finally gets it, and it's just the glass eye. Oh yeah, that mission's weird because it gives you like a hundred and fifty on it, and like oh, right. that was only a self-serving act. I don't get why it gives you on it. That always sort of bothered me. It's a yeah. cool shit. I mean, I, I guess it's because you're you're trying to help him. Yeah, but you're helping a necrophiliac. True, but, you are. Like... That is true. Well, he, well, he never actually, you know, fucks one in the, in the game. Well, we don't see it, no. No. There is one sex scene in the game, which always makes me super uncomfortable. Um, oh, with the fat with the fat guy? No, it's... Um, oh, it's with Reyes. Reyes. Reyes and Louisa. And yeah. Louisa has a really, really dark nipple. And it just it throws me off. It's really weird. Oh. And it's really badly rendered. And I don't know why they included her nipple in the game. <laughs> I feel, Yeah, I know the one you made. It's, 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 it, and it just... It's so it just po- Yeah, it just pops up out of nowhere. And it's like, oh... This is this is. It's like cool. some fucking heavy rain shit. That was that yeah. was that was odd. It's a bit strange. Speaking yeah. of Reyes and Louisa, obviously, 
after the Fort Mercer mission, where you find out the bill's just not there all of a sudden. Cool. That, that's cool. Thank you for making me spend all my time doing that. Um, he sends you down to Mexico to, f- to find mm-hmm. Big Boy Javier. Yeah, and the fucking trip to Mexico. Well, first of all, you have to, like, you go on some raft with Irish. Yeah. Um... Oh, I have, a bunch a, of people. I have a friends that. Uh, that was an Indian accent. I was going Indian. <laughs> I can't do an Irish. Yeah. What? Well, how do you even do an Irish accent? I've got plenty of friends what down there, mean? John. I've got, I've got plenty of friends down there, John. I can't do it. But I just love the. Right. Again. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll go past that. I mean, I like to do Mexico. Not... Mexico's cool. I like Mexico. It's okay. It's my least favorite part of the this game. Is... I love yeah. it. I still love it. But it is my least favorite part of the game. Yeah, I mean, I prefer New Austin and West Elizabeth to Mexico, but I still like it a lot. Yeah. Um, I think the it starts off really, really well. Um, you know, you've mm-hmm. got it, it, it. It's too long. I yeah, feel. Yeah, I'd agree. But you've got you meet Landon a Ricketts, and he says, "Oh, um, revolution going on. What's good? Uh, don't." That's one of the I, best scenes I, in the I, game. I've got the quote. Um, it's um if you if you jump from each side of the fence you'll get impaled on exactly it. that is that is what it is yeah John really is just a fucking based centrist <laughs> that whole yeah like he doesn't care yeah he just he, you he know plays both sides of the both sides of the revolution um, how I left the liberal left <laughs> and you know slaughtered half of Mexico it honestly a red, do- uh, a red it pill honestly makes story. me feel bad and I think that's great because it should mm. make you feel bad um. Yeah, like meeting Louisa for the first time and stuff, and then meeting Landon Ricketts, who obviously is an Im- incredible mentor figure, um, and then just you know go- going back to a landing murdering innocents, it's a bit brutal. Yeah, but like that's that's just John. Where like mm-hmm. the only obligation he has is to his wife and his son. Yeah, so like there is a few missions though that he does just do out of like kindness. Like he yeah. does that one. For Louisa, because her, her dad died, and yeah. he helps like Landon Ricketts yeah. rescue uh, a teacher from Chuparosa. Yeah. So like he does, really, he does care, well, that, 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 but his focus is still yeah. That's really his, his family. That's really his arc there, because it you know in the New Austin section, it's very much about the supporting characters and introducing us to John. Whereas like he he doesn't really mm. have much of an, an arc per se, a character arc in, in the New Austin section. But by the time you get to Mexico, you see this this guy who's so desperate. That he will do anything. He will play both sides of a war. He will murder innocent people. He will help, you know, a corrupt government um, kidnap mm. girls so that you know and burn down their burn down their villages so they can be raped by by their leader. It's mm. brutal. It truly is brutal. And you see that arc transform throughout the game. Even though both sides are corrupt at the end of the day, both sides are lead by, led by megalomaniacs. Yeah, you still see an arc of. John realizes what the right thing is, you know. And but yeah, but, but, but exactly. And by the end, he is doing things selflessly, you know, saving Luis's sister as well. Um, yeah, like he, he he's yeah, it's it, it's lovely to see. And I, I love everything with Landon Ricketts because I was saying I was saying this to you before yeah. that Landon Ricketts is like the mentor that someone like Dutch should have been because yeah. he's similar to John, but like he's a he's a. He's an idol, but he's a fallen idol, you know? He's not... Yeah, yeah, right. But he's like... 
he, he doesn't have this fucking, you know, this obligation hanging over him. Mm-hmm. Where, like, he can be a good person, whereas John, it's like that thing about the, the hateful axe blending with good axe. Yeah. John has to be violent and he has to be, like, a bad person to an extent yeah. in order to save his family. Whereas Landon Ricketts is, like, what John maybe could have been. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Were his life different, exactly. you know what I mean? Exactly. Although it is slightly off putting in retrospect that the one, like, just and good person in Mexico is the white American dude. <laughs> oh, get no, off, but it, Joe. I, I, I swear, no, but I, 14 I year care. old fascist wall sheet is about <laughs> to awaken. I've had too much of this today. <laughs> um, I don't. Well, me, me complimenting Mexicans and women, is that too much for you? I'm not going to no, comment on that. No, but it is... Uh, Landon Ricketts, he's, it, he's cool. <laughs> it's just in retrospect. Like, every single person in Mexico is fucking abhorrent in every way. <laughs> and, and then you have Landon Ricketts. Who's Luis just, is... No, Luis well, is cool. Luis is family pure is heart, right. but she's also, like, stupid. You know? Yeah. Because she, she yeah. plainly follows uh, Reyes, who doesn't even remember her name. Oh, that fucks me off. I yeah. fucking hate riots. That, that's, a, that's a thing. And that's, I think, where the problem starts with Mexico. Because after, you know, Ricketts leaves and all that, you mm-hmm. you, you keep it's, going it, with the revolution. You, like, it, yeah, and you already get the point by then. Yeah, so it's a bit it like, drags yeah. a little bit and it doesn't add much. And I think I messaged you at one point just saying, like, fuck Reyes, fuck Allende, fuck DeSanta. I don't care about this conflict. Because yeah. it's... Obviously, there's a there's only like sixty missions in Red Dead One. It's not a long game, by any means. But no. even when it, like, usually the pacing's perfect. So even when it's off by like one or two or three missions, it really throws off the game. And I think that does happen in Mexico when you yeah. Like, b- by the end, it's like okay, can we just get to the point? You know. Yeah, because the rest of it is paced very well. Yeah. So, like, when there is a bit of drag, it, it is more polarising than it would be yeah. in, like, another game. Also, you know? I think Javier is, is let down a lot by, by Red Dead 1. I think one... Yeah. If, if there's one character who doesn't get his fair his fair due, it's Javier. Like, he's mentioned a couple mm-hmm. times, and then you just kidna- and then you just capture him straight away. He gets no real setup. No real mm-hmm. depth added to him. It's it, it's a bit, yeah. What 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 is the point of Javier in Red Dead One? It's it it's like, really genuinely. just like it, it it is just so weird. It's just like another person to capture. Like he doesn't serve a purpose because that's yeah. not even the reason John goes to Mexico. John goes to Mexico because Bill fled to Mexico. Like mm-hmm. even if it was like John has to go to Mexico to find Javier specifically, that would have been better than just yeah, you know. He, he just also happens to be there. Yeah, and it's... Without, like, you know, the context of Red Dead 2... Yeah. He just feels like a typical Western Mexican villain. Yeah. In a way. And you only you do only meet him once. Like, when yeah. you capture him. Yeah, it, it, it's fucking weird. Um, and you don't feel like there's as much of a relationship there as there is with uh, Bill and John. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but they don't feel you know yeah. as connected and as John fair, does with Dutch. In you know. Red Dead Two, maybe they carried that over well because I th- I think in Red Dead Two as well, Javier doesn't really do much. He's kind of just in. He's kind of just there, you know. Well, there's that conversation with him and John about like Mexico at the campfire. That's like foreshadowing. Yeah. 
and then Javier goes up to John, yeah. and then I think Javier says something to to, to Arthur, like, oh, well, you, well, you know, yeah. you would do the same. So, like, he, he cares about John in Red Dead 1. Yeah. You know? Two, two even. No, yeah. I, I, it's, it's fucking weird. It, it is a bit off. And another thing that's off about Mexico yeah. a little bit is when the military betrays John, and then the re- revolutionaries save him, and Reyes just saves him, and it's just like, oh, so Reyes is the good guy. Because in the early... Well, yeah, that was weird, because he, he was a coward before. Yeah, in the early stages, he's presented as, like, this power-hungry dude who will on- he'll only attack the army if it will benefit him, you know? And it's, yeah, and if if he's not getting his hands dirty, yeah, and it was, but then I suppose he does use John as a tool afterwards. I suppose, but like, but it was it was a lot more morally ambiguous, like to start with, and that's why John playing both sides was so interesting because both sides were reprehensible, but even so, you, it, yeah, it, it, yeah, like, I agree. He still should have just picked one. Whereas by if the it end, it was like Luisa, yeah. with a few guys that would have made yeah, more sense. Because by the end, it's literally just like, oh, so revolutionaries. Are the good guys and the military are the bad guys. And I mean, the military are much worse, yeah. but... I, I think, yeah, Lu- Luisa would have made more sense because she owed a debt to John after he saved... Like, he, if he had saved her yeah. sister, so she then saves him, that would have been like, oh, John recognises that doing things not just for himself will, you know... Anyway. Yeah, and it would have been a nice a nicer close... I'm not saying that, like, you know, she needed a nice conclusion. Yeah. But, like, I feel like that would have been a better conclusion to her story. Or if it was fucking yeah. Landon Ricketts. Because the way that his... Him and John, I really love their relationship. Yeah. But he leaves just as if it's, like, another mission. True. And I don't like he that. And then it, it, you know? His is another story that gets concluded in the newspapers. Doesn't he die? Yeah, I think he had, like, yeah. organ failure or something. Yeah. Died in his sleep. But I think... That being said, I think Luisa's, like, death is a very poignant moment. I think that's the moment the Red Dead one darkens a little bit more and be- becomes because the way I've looked at it, the story of Red Dead one and Red Dead two is you know it's it's a tragedy, it's a tragic story, and I think yeah. that's that that really opens up this war and violence has led to the one pure-hearted person in the entire country to 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 die a brutal a brutal death mm. and also a meaningless death like she didn't need to die. And it's, yeah. I, I think that's the first moment that really hits you as a, you know, as a, oh, this and is this is getting serious now. Yeah, and I feel that's important for John, where for him at that point it's like, nah, fuck this, I just want Bill, I just want Javier, yeah. I, I'm not feeling this. Yeah, although, you know? the, the Bill's death is very well done in comparison to Javier. Yeah. When, uh, it's it's kind of annoying because like I wanted to kill him, but I wanted to let the dialogue play. Yeah. But if you let the dialogue fully play out, then fucking Reyes kills, uh, Elen- No, he doesn't kill Billy. Kills Elendo. Well, yeah. Th- I wanted yeah. to kill both of them. Wait, what? Yeah, oh, you, oh, like you wanted to kill Elendo? You, well. you know when they're in the in the carriage? Yeah, yeah. So um, you wanted to kill with, That's what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, yeah he's a bit I of a you. bit of a cunt. Um, but no, I think that's like you see the tyrannical leaders both together um you know both yeah. both getting their well and earned well earned justice it, it's nice and also when you're storming is it alcacera is that how you pronounce it uh escalera escalera yeah um when you're storming yeah. what the anim- the cutscene when you're storming that when john just walks through the city as like chaos is around him is so cool yeah it's because you can see at that yeah. point that he's just done 
He's just like, I'm done with Mexico. Fuck this. Fuck your war. Fuck your revolution. I'm here for Bill, and that's it. And he just walks through. Yeah. He, he walks past, you know, people being beaten by the army. He also walks past military men just being shot. He's like, I, I'm not. I'm done with this conflict. Yeah, and and the thing is, it's in the newspaper that Reyes does assume power of the county. Yeah. So like, John has shifted. John has shifted the tides yeah. of like the politics of Mexico. Yeah. And he just doesn't because he doesn't need to care. Yeah, That's not his mission. Exactly. You know, it's almost like you know how it's the whole thing about him sitting on the fence. You know, it's like he's playing yeah. both sides of the war to get what he wants. It's almost like yeah. at that point, he's like he's just play, oops, he's playing neither side of the war. Yeah, but there's that fucking dialogue with Landon Ricketts, or it's her. No, I think him and Louisa say a similar thing where it's like not making a choice. Oftentimes, yeah basically is making a choice yeah. because john has so much fucking impact on that conflict yeah, but, really but i think by the end you know? his choices to 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 not support e- either because he realized he recognizes that neither side is truly good you know yeah um so he, he just it, it, you know is done with like he still kind of fights for the revolutionaries to an extent but he's not like involved in the war by the end you know yeah, um, I- I- exactly. I-, I-, I think that's pretty cool. Um, also, one thing that we missed real quick, going back before yeah. Mexico, is the end of Bonnie McFarlane's story. Um, her barn starts burning. Um, you know, ga- the gangs start attacking them because of John. And then the, the, the mission itself is called The Hanging of Bonnie McFarlane. And it is one of the most hard. Mm. Every time I've played it, every single time, from the moment the first moment I played it to the last, I was fucking heartbroken because I thought she was gonna. Yeah, I thought she fucked. was gonna die. It's mm. so like it, it genuinely. Even today, even though I know what happens, I still like. I'm still like, oh, what if she doesn't make it? You know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just the sight of her up there, fucking hanging, yeah. all bloody and bruised. But then he, like one of the the one good person in this entire fucking yeah, county, yeah, exactly. basically. But even then, you know? but even then, after um, she, after you cut her down, you still get that same like dynamic between John and Bonnie. You can tell that like they're still, yeah. you know, they're still the same people. Even even if she's been through yeah. horrific things and trauma, you know, she she's she's resolute yeah. through it. Which is... But that's that's sort of a thing that repeats about like the the few good people yeah. that are in this this story yeah. do just get fucked over. Like you've got Bonnie, Louisa, and then in like West Elizabeth, would you say like Nastas or Abigail? I guess. I mean Nastas definitely. Yeah. It's less clear there, but you know. Uh, yeah. With I mean, with Bonnie and Louisa, it is. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I I think there's I think by West Elizabeth there aren't any really good people. Um. Yeah, the waters are more muddy at that point, really. Yeah, but it's yeah, it yeah, it's um, it, it is definitely a running theme that the, the the truly good people are are can't survive through the, you know, the mess that is the West. Um, yeah, corruption and, and greed and all, and all of that. So yeah, yeah. That, so <laughs> um, that's Mexico, though. And then, yeah, you kill Bill yeah. and a, a, a Endo. Kill Bill That's and a, you kill Bill, and you don't get a yellow spandex suit uh, as a reward. You don't get, you know, a, a, one of those fucking stingers. What are they yeah. called? It's unbel- It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um. Speaking of outfits, though, 
the outfit system yeah. in Red Dead One. I hate it. I've always hated it. <laughs> um, what? Okay, so did you stay with the default throughout? Yeah, I always do. Partially because I, it's so iconic. I, sometimes I put the poncho in yeah. Mexico, but um, partially because it's always so, so it. iconic. But partially because getting the outfit is so annoying. Oh yeah, it's, I can't play fucking poker. I don't know cards, so I can't get half of the outfits. <laughs> you know, just learn, bro. It's just get fucked. good. Just get good. Nah, it's I. I always have the classic on. Yeah. And then you get the duster. I'm not. I kind of like the duster, but yeah. then when you get to Thieves Landing, I always have the elegant suit. Oh yeah, that's I like that. that. That's that's pretty cool, especially if you want to get in plenty of duels. But um. Yeah, the, the poncho in Mexico is a must. Yeah. But then, the whole, uh, the whole then I just go back to default. Yeah, the whole crafting system and like oh, hunt down these specific bounties and stuff. I in a way I think it was good because they only had like a certain few suits. They didn't have a full on customization system the likes of Red Dead Two had. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess it's like a good way to do it with the limited options that they had. They didn't want to just be so you could buy every suit once. They wanted you to actually earn the suits, which in a way is cool. Yeah. But to to play again, it's just yeah because the economy is a bit fucked. Yeah, it's just annoying. Um, it just gets annoying to a certain yeah. to a certain point. Like if, if I find a suit out in out in the wild, if I siege a camp and steal one of the you know open open a chest and it gives me like it it doesn't give you the suit. It tells you what you have to do to get the suit. It gives you the, you know, like, the, whatever it is. And it's like, I guess it's more incentive for a lot of these things because, like, yeah. there's not much, like, extrinsic motivation for, like, going and hunting or, like, yeah. you know, finding plants or, or even playing, like, poker. It's all yeah. because you think it'd be a fun thing to do. Yeah. You know? That, that is true. So, although, like, I get why it's there. It's just annoying. Yeah, although I do love I do love poker. I play, I, I play poker so much in Red Dead 2. Red I can't Red. play poker. Um... It's not, bro. Just uh, the thing. Well, the thing about Red Dead One Poker is that it's a, it's a little bit broken because yeah. obviously back in two thousand nine, two thousand ten, the AI wasn't the best. So you can just yeah. go all in every time, and you'll Ooh. usually win. Yeah, you'll usually people will usually fold. So Ooh. it's it's a little bit broken in that extent, but I think yeah, adding those those gambling mini games because the economy system like it is quite hard to make money. Um, so I think adding those... I think it's too easy. Do you, do you think so? Yeah, but that's what I used to do when I was a kid, yeah. right? Because I had no idea how to fucking play. So, like, you know in Cheap Rose, you have a safe house next to the poker table? Yeah. I would always save, and then I'd get me dad to oh, come and play days. poker and go all in. That's so funny. And then if he lost, I would... Uns- yeah, because I had no fucking clue what to do. Yeah. But um, I love Liar's Dice... Yes. And fucking five finger fillet. Horseshoes is broken. Horseshoes is, I would like horseshoes yeah. if it worked. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It, um, it, it, it. And blackjack's just a shit game anyway. So I can't play that either. Yeah, no, it's just well, it's just impossible to win. Um, mm. But yeah, no, I think those like little gambling mini games again add add to the open world, you know. But like, yeah, that's the type of side content that should be in a Western game fucking gambling yeah you know um yeah you couldn't put also, I'm trying to think of like a GTA side, side mission or like you couldn't put like a fucking beat em up uh 
it, I, I, yeah, as a side, as a side it, thing. Especially because the melee's fucked. Yeah. Oh, like, tell me about it. There's, there's that um, event in Armadillo where uh, this man is threatening to kill a prostitute. Yeah. And I got out my knife, yeah. right, because I didn't want to waste the bullet, and so I got up to stab him, yeah. and I accidentally stabbed this fucking prostitute. Because, <laughs> like, the, the, no, because the melee's so imprecise. So you helped him. <laughs> no, it, it just doesn't work, yeah, is doesn't. the problem. The melee it's not, doesn't it's work. It's not like, I don't understand why they didn't just put in the GTA 4 version. Because GTA 4 melee combat is, like, Okay, it, it works it's, enough. Yeah, it's it's but, nice and wisey. It, yeah, but Red Dead Red Dead One is literally just L one R one to punch. It's like it it just feels yeah. off. It just doesn't feel right to use, and yeah, it's, it's, it's strange. I mean, usually in every melee encounter, I will just take them down to the ground because it, it makes everything so much easier. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a weird luckily enough though they, they didn't put money in there it never like comes up enough in the game for you to actually use it it's almost like they didn't need it in the game you know yeah like like, like there's no there's no mission where you need to fight someone it's just in the game because that's what's no, in the yeah, eg- exactly but most of the time you can't hit people you just get stuck like pushing them Yeah. you ever have that there's that one mission where you use stealth they, where they they just give you throwing knives oh, for that yeah. one mission in Mexico yeah. on the train that was cool like the stealth isn't fucking that would have been cooler good, if it was in the game but more. like to be honest yeah would, yeah probably would like some more stealth segments like the one with uh, Irish as well is quite good when you have to walk over the roof the glass roof and if you make like even the slightest noise they all, yes. hear, they all hear you and they'll either kill his mate or just shoot you Shaky, yeah. yeah. Oh, she. That's a fucking good <laughs> mission. <shaky. laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, classic shaky. That's that's such a that's such a cool little moment as well that, that flashes out Irish. Well, kind of flashes out Irish. Like shaky to Irish is what Irish is to John. You know, you know, it's just like t- yeah, taking piss yeah. at him, like oh, like yeah, whatever, just like bullying him, and like clearly has a pe- power over him. Yeah, like, it, it just shows. Yeah, that it's the same hierarchy. dynamic. Yeah, basically. So, um, you leave Mexico. Yeah. You go back to. Oh no! You give fucking Javier to Edgar Ross and Fordham. Yeah. You don't kill Javier. That's not a thing you do. If, well, if you I do, I don't get why that's if there. If you do, then you're wrong, and you shouldn't do it. Um. Yeah, but like so many rock star do this, where they give you choices that that are like out of killing Javier. Yeah, it is out of character. But they do that in fucking all of their games after... Not all of them, but a lot of them. Like in GTA Five, yeah. Franklin can kill Trevor or Michael. In Red Dead 2, you can have the dishonourable ending, yeah. which fucking no. Yeah, it just shouldn't... There's always shit you can do. I, yeah, like wrong options. It, like in the fucking... We'll talk about the strange man in a bit, but like when... You know where there's that guy and he's going to um, hire the prostitute where you can like give him money? Yeah. Why the fuck would John do that? Yeah, it's a, it's just it's 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 a strange, it, it is a strange thing in Rockstar games that they'll just give you choices that are completely out of character. Yeah, there's some that make sense in Stranger events, but sometimes it feels like agency for the sake of it. Yeah, where like it's even if it has effect, yeah, it's like that shouldn't be there. You yeah, know? exactly. But it, it's it's whatever. But yeah, you're right back to black. Most Horror. of them don't matter. 
you read yeah. Life of Blackwater, and the first cutscene in Blackwater, I almost, uh, no, I skipped it, realized what it, like, by, by accident I skipped it, um, yeah. I had to restart the game immediately, because the first cutscene mm. in Blackwater is arguably the best moment in the game in terms of a critique of the United States and a critique of civilization. John walks into the the main building, Blackwater. I'm gonna since you're oh, editing this podcast, put the fucking scene in. Fuck I'm gonna yeah. dissect. We're gonna no, we're no, gonna no, dissect no. it together. So this is fucking great. He walks in, and you've got the American flags on both sides as he walks in. Right, the first person you yeah. see working be working this? behind a desk in Civilization, and he's just spouting off numbers. He has a monotone voice. He doesn't look up from his work. He's a mindless drone working under you know government surveillance under capitalist system whatever whatever you want to say is the critique that you know he's this mindless drone yeah. that is just spouting off numbers he can't think for himself he's a robot right john tries yeah. to communicate with him but he can't he can't get through to this person he can't you know the person doesn't even look him in the eye i'm trying to find the scene there we go and then yeah you get upstairs and the first person you see is fordham who initially is relatively like kind of nice to him not nice not nice it's like condescendingly nice but it's like mr morrison glad to see you how was your journey um your wife and son are taken care of etc etc yeah and fordham goes from this to the most passive aggressive character on earth you see this like you see this facade of politeness and you see this facade of like civility to him when he first sees you yeah but it, it that facade breaks down almost immediately and you see the like yeah john threatens to fucking kill yeah, him. yeah because you see like you see the true inner what would even be the word disgust that fordham has that fordham lives with yeah and fordham's a but, ter- cunt <laughs> but but at the same time he's a sycophant he's just trying to climb the ladder like yeah. he's uh ross is fucking yuppie yeah exactly you know? exactly but he, he still maintains that facade of it's almost like the same thing as you know the opening scene of American Psycho, or one of the opening scenes, yeah. when where they're in the restaurant. Yeah, and Patrick Bateman's like, "Oh, we need to we need to uh, take care of homeless people. We need to do this and that and that and this and that." Yeah. But underneath, he's a ruthless serial killer. You know, it's kind it's kind of the same critique there. I think it's done. I, America, and it's it's such a small Hopefully thing. It's such a small thing. Yeah. And then, right, you walk downstairs with with him and uh, and Ross, right. And there's oh and I fucking love big this. Big boy West Dickens. Big boy West Dickens shows up, arrested for selling snake oil after he promised his yes. trip to Peking. Gets arrested and John says, "Well, John asks Ross to just let him be to let, to him, let go. him go, be- yeah. uh, because and I'm going. He's I'm, a harmless old fraud and he's the kind of man that built this country. There it is. What what a fucking line. That's so cool. There it is." And it's spot on. And, and then Ross says, let him go. He's a hero. Yeah. And he, they just fucking let him go. Yeah, they, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, that that in itself is the fact that they just let him go immediately just because someone asked, basically. It's yeah. Like, just someone in the right position. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. Someone... E- even John, who's like... John is captive of the government, but he still, yeah. has, he still has the power by association. And the guy's still fucking counting after they leave. The guy is still also counting you know? after they leave. Yeah. And then you are right. That's a great. They scene. get in the car, which is the first sign of like technology you see in the entire game. 
and you yeah. get given like the high, John hates it. Don't yeah, it? and you get given the high power pistol, which is the ugliest gun in the game, but also the most useful pistol in the game. And it's like I I use the Schofield. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I, I never use the high power pistol, but they give you it, and it's like it feels wrong. Yeah, it, you know? yeah, exactly. It immediately it's like all the stuff is you know the car is is a faster means of transport, and you know the the pistol is more functional in gameplay like it's it's better to use in gameplay but it doesn't have the charm it doesn't have the same atmosphere as the entire rest yeah. of the game and it feels so manufactured it feels so you know just kind of gross in a way yeah it feels out of place yeah. uh, for someone like John as well yeah yeah exactly weird. he's not it, oh, it's 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 an astounding scene that immediately sets the tone so perfectly of the entire of yeah the entire for segment. like all of West Elizabeth yeah it's it, it's it's genuinely it's genuine it's perfect and the writing on this game like the dialogue there are so many quotable quotable uh, quotes um, yeah especially in that sequence yeah um, so yeah that's fantastic scene. yeah. And then you that was an excellent analysis. You, thank you very I much. Cry. Thank you very much. You head over to meet what's his name. Uh, you got yeah. Nastas, and it's it's Benjamin Byron Davis, and he just speaks like Dutch <laughs> but slow. Yeah. It's so fucking it's, funny. Oh my days! It's because uh, I remember when I heard when I heard it for the first time on the replay. I was like, wait, wait, is that that sounds? Yeah. That sounds he sounds kind of similar. He is literally he is literally just he just does one voice. Um, but yeah, no. So, yeah, so, so you go and you go and meet Nastas, and it's here that we get the first two and only two forgettable characters in the entire game, in my personal opinion. Oh, McDougal's not forgettable. He, he's not forgettable, but he's not good either, in my opinion. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's some good dialogue between him. There's like the dialogue about like the native people and about like how out of touch. Yeah. A lot of like scholars and politicians were with native people. I think that's good. Oh yeah, there's a lot of um, quality striking social commentary on that. Yeah, but but I get what you mean. Like he's no he's no Irish, yeah. you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, McDougal and Nastas, like, and how everyone will talk slowly to Nastas, even though the one of the first things he says is like, "I was educated at school, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not, you know." Like I, yeah. I, I understand English, but regardless, everyone just treats him like he's an idiot. Everyone treats him like a child. Yeah, well, that's the thing. That's why I feel like they're f- forgettable because, like, when you get towards the end, that's when it's like the social commentary is at its like most fucking pertinent. Not in your face, yeah. but like at its yeah, exactly. And those two feel more like tools, you know, to say something. Yeah. Than you know a Nigel West Dickens yeah. or a Landon Ricketts. I, you know. Yeah, and I also think that. Well, yeah, yeah, I get what you mean there. Like, they feel less like characters and more like, you know, kind of... Mouthpaces. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. And also, I feel like the missions with them are are fairly forgettable in comparison. Um, Yeah. Like, you go up to... Yeah. What's it called? Bear... the, The camp. You go up to the camp and you have this meeting with... You go in the tall trees. Yeah, and you have this meeting with the natives and just... You know, they just start shooting. That's nowhere. that's so fucking dumb. When like you you find Dutch's camp, mm-hmm. and like you go to get a closer look, and then Dutch 
does like a 90 degree turn, <laughs> looks right at John for five seconds. He pulls out his gun and then he shoots John in the binoculars. I don't care what you say. Like, that's not a fucking... That cool. That's that, not an innuendo in the binoculars. Cool. And then he falls unconscious. That's a cool moment. Well, you would. It's silly. No. <laughs> well, it is silly. No. It is... It's... Yeah. It's, it's overdramatic, but I think it... It... it executes his purpose and well. What, what what does Dutch... Is, is Dutch not going to go and fucking see who that is? Well, no, he knew it was John. Right. So in that case, why doesn't he go up and, like... Because he knows... That's ah, fucking dumb. I don't... Well, th- the way I... I think it's a fine scene. I just think it's silly. The way I see it is that... Okay. No, it, it's definitely silly. It's, like, it's cartoonish. More so than, you know... Like, it, 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 it it's funny when you see it. But I think that introduction of Dutch, because obviously up to that point you've only heard about Dutch, you know? Like, the context yeah. of Red Dead 2 wasn't there. You don't have all that. So when you see him for the first time, mm-hmm. and you, you see this, like, frail old man in a skin-coloured shirt, which is the most disgusting shirt ever, but that's... Yeah, I used to think that he just didn't have a fucking top on. And didn't have nipples either. When I was little. It's fucking 2010. Like... You know, it wouldn't shock me. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, but yeah, no. So like th- that moment when it's like, oh shit, th- this might be this might be a bit tougher than Bill Williamson, you know? Like, yeah, because Bill and Javier are as insane as as Dutch, but Dutch is still. But they're not as smart. Yeah, Dutch is He's very intelligent. Dutch is both wise and intelligent, and and able a lot more able. And, and red pilled, he is very red pilled. He's robbed. He he sees through the government and their nonsense. He's, They'll just find another monster to justify their wages. Oh, we will get to that. You know, yeah. That's a fucking. That's such a good line. But oh, yeah, we'll, that we'll speech, get to that. That speech is beautiful. Um, I mean, that's preluded with, um, the bank robbery, the bank heist, Dutch's bank heist, which. Oh that's the first, my god! That's the first time that they truly yeah. come face to face again. Because by that point, yeah. Dutch knows that he's that John's chasing him. Yeah. And John knows that Dutch knows. So it's like, in that first moment, in that first meeting after the bank robbery, like there's a there's a tension of like, they both completely understand each other, and it's like I I don't even know how to describe it, but there's like a connection between them that. I, 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 yeah, there's like a common ground where it's like yeah. they're surrounded by lawmen and civilians yeah. who will never, they'll never like understand them. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. It's like they're on their own yeah. to to. It's fucking weird. Like, I know what you like, mean. Like. Even though they're you're pointing guns at each other and putting guns at hostages and like on on different sides, it almost feels like they're still they're still on the same side in a way. It's so weird. Yeah, it, yeah. It feels like mentally. Like they're in the same, they're in the exact same place. Like they're both, yeah, because like both just John, scared of losing what they have and what they love and what they care about. And for yeah. for John, that's his family, and for Dutch, that's the old west. You know. Yeah, it's a fucking it's, good sign. It's, if, uh, yeah, it's like it's a reflection of one another. And the one thing about Red Dead Two, in comparison, like in Red Dead One, Dutch is built as like John's dad. Basically, like John's yeah. long lost father that he never had, and that's kind of there in Red Dead too. But I mean, Arthur kind of takes that role instead. So it's yeah. Well, there's that line when um, John gets broken out of prison. He says, "Like you are my brother, <laughs> yeah. you are my son." 
yeah. where it's like this weird middle ground they have. Yeah, where it's, it's like it's, the Dutch isn't so much as superior, but like a mentor. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that opening scene is great, and then you chase him down into the woods and and do some bits and pieces. Um, honestly, though, you do, you do some bits and pieces. Yes, I do wish that Mexico was reduced a little bit and this was expanded a little bit, because although mm. I think Dutch's Dutch's time in this game is the peak of any character in this game, you know? Yeah. I, I do think it's the peak. I, th- I feel like it's not rushed, but it, it is very short, you know? It's like two missions, and then you reach the mountain. Yeah, and that, that mission where you actually kill Dutch, when you're just, like, you're running in with the army on the back of a car with a fucking Gatling gun mowing these people down. Yeah. That's fucking wild. Like at that point, you feel like jo- you're you're a full on pawn. Yeah, that that's what it is. But it's like John still doesn't really care, because like he, John, John acknowledges the fact he's a pawn and he's bitter about it, but it yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah, you know. And so even here, when he's mowing down people, not like dissimilar to him and where he once was, yeah, it's necessary. You know. Yeah, I think that's the moment that I felt like bad. Like yeah, I like fuck that felt that and, horrible. That and, well, there's a point because there's another point. The natives start run- and the rest of Dutch's gang they start running away, and the army just keeps chasing them. And w- when they've got their backs turned in the replay, because I, f- I completely forgot this mission existed, I tried to stop shooting. Yeah. I could send you the footage, but it's it, it's too hard to sift through. But I stopped shooting. It does not let you mm. continue the mission until you kill these people who are running away, who have their backs turned to you. And earlier in the game, talk, yeah. you talk. there's a line with Landon Ricketts, which I've just remembered now, but it's like... You kill peasants, you become a peasant. Well, that's a banging one. But there's another one that's yeah. just like when you're riding along about killing people with their backs turned. And that's why Landon Ricketts was famous, because he never killed anyone who was you know, trying to get away from him. You know? He would yeah, always... and, and John... He even like mirrors that principle because yeah. like I didn't kill um DeSanta, right? Yeah. And some guy asks uh, in another mission, well, why didn't you kill him? And John, it's like he's taken that lesson if he, you know, didn't already feel that way. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not going to kill a man on his knees. Yeah. You know. Thank you, compadre. It should really have been you. I don't like to kill a man on his knees, even if he does deserve it. Yeah. Exactly. So exactly. It's, it's, um, it's a violation of John's principles, yeah, but like at this point, that doesn't matter. The fact that that mission, the mission where you're with the army, already makes you feel bad, and then you have to kill these people who are running away from you, who are trying to escape. Mm-hmm. It's 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 kind of it's kind of scarring, a little bit. Yeah, like it really it really like, it really puts into context what's actually happening. Like it makes you feel yeah. that moment. That, like that's another thing that I, that I never felt as a kid or even on like my last replay which was like two and a half years ago yeah. it was just another like shooting mission but now it's fuck, it's fucking tough man yeah, like I, I genuinely felt bad it has so much meaning not only from not only from a pers- not only from the perspective of the story but also from a gameplay perspective like you never have to do anything like that in the entire rest of the game every time you're shooting someone they're shooting you back you never have to kill yeah. anyone with their back turn. You never have to kill. You know, you're never you're never fighting. F- well, apart from like in Mexico, but you're never 
truly on board fighting for the for the powers that be you know mm-hmm. so it's it, it, yeah like side by side yeah. as our lives so it's a different perspective it's a different twist on the on the general moment to moment gunplay which is mm-hmm. it's beautiful and also the way the two missions uh, interlink with each other uh, it's and mission 47 and you will know the truth and then mission 48 and the truth will set you free and they do, you, s- do you remember all this shit and they seamlessly go into each other what do you mean yeah Oh, I don't remember the fucking numbers in the mission names. That's my no, but yeah. No, the, anyway. the, the numbers aren't. In, I, I have I have a mission list here. I remember most of the mission names. I don't remember the numbers. I just have the mission list here. That's why. Mm. But um, it, like it just it just crosses over, um, perfectly. Yeah. And then you storm Dutch's camp. And it's yeah. I mean, it happens. Yeah. It does happen. And that that last scene with fucking Dutch, that's one of the best scenes of yeah. the duology. That's like I a top five Red Dead Redemption scene. One, probably my favorite scene ever. <laughs> maybe, 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 because when I, yeah. when I was playing it, right, I wasn't taking full on notes like I usually would with a, uh, with, you know, like if I'm making a video on a game. But I was making I was making mm-hmm. notes, and and yeah. throughout this moment, right. I, I made a note of basically every line. By the way, at the start of the mission, before you go off in the military, Ross goes on a massive tangent, a, a massive like speech about how oh, Dutch, yeah, about how, and he loses his point. Yeah, about how Dutch is a killer, about how he, you know, all all these things. Meanwhile, you like he says the words Dutch is a killer. He's a ruthless murderer who kills anyone who disagrees with him. And in that moment, it cuts to a shot of a what's his name Rodham? No, fucking Fordham. Yeah. Um, yeah. with a with a rifle in his hand, like loading a rifle, as they're about to go, yeah, and, as they're yeah. about to go and kill Dutch, and it's so, it's so perfect. And then as you're chasing Dutch through the caves, you got, you can't erase the past, John. Killing me won't make it go away, which, as we know, it doesn't make it go away. Yeah. And then obviously we can't fight nature, we can't fight change, we can't fight gravity, we can't fight nothing. My whole life, all I ever did was fight. I can't fight my own nature. That's a paradox. When I'm gone, they'll find another monster because they have to to justify their wages. Yeah. And then just finally, our time has passed, John. As he as he as he leaps. Fucking it's, mental, man. It's it's so beautiful and it's so crazy to think that Dutch was such an amazing character, considering at, when Red Dead Redemption came out, we didn't know who Dutch was. He had three. Two, well, he had two missions of setup before this. And he somehow came out of it as the most interesting character. Yeah. It's it's insane to think. And obviously the performance is great. Mm. But it's like... Yeah. The fact that in one speech and then two other missions, they could make him such a compelling villain and such a compelling character, it's 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 just a testament to Dan Houser's writing and the rest of the people who wrote it. But Dan Houser is... Yeah. Yeah, because he's, he's an embodiment of the Old West in a way. Yeah. And it's like he has to... And that fucking speech you were talking about, yeah. I love that. How, like, it's all just a, 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 a thin veil. And, like, John says afterwards, well, do do I have any choice? And he says, come to think of it, no. Yeah. And, and John says, well, what was that speech in aid of? And he just doesn't... It's like yeah. he's saying this almost to himself the, to justify what he does. Yeah, the speech with Ross, you know? to be clear, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, not and it, literally, it literally reflects exactly what he's doing, which is even great, better. And then after yeah. Dutch, obviously, you know, 
leaps off the cliff. Um, you get the moment with Ross where he says, "You shoot. You didn't shoot him. You didn't have the guts or whatever." It looks better on the report. And then it, yeah, and then, yeah, and, then yeah, it, yeah. and then he shoots Dosh and says it looks better than the report, which is again another like testament to how corrupt this government is. It's like it looks better if you shot some if you if you shot someone, you know? Yeah. Like mm. you know, you'd rather have them shot than you know. It's yeah. It's perfect, and well, Ross is just in in that moment. Ross is just uh, you know, you you want to kill him. You you just want to kill him, even though. And and that's the thing. John points the fucking gun at him. Yeah. Because like, what what does he say about his family? Like his his wife was killed in a prison yeah, riot, a prison riot yeah. or some shit. Yeah. You know. And you get but, yeah. Um, it, like it's it's so it's so strange because you at that point you've completed your mission you've killed bill you've killed javier or you've arrested javier you've killed a dutch your mission's complete you can go back to see your wife yet you still yeah. you still you, you don't feel accomplished yeah you f- still feel like you feel like a pawn you feel like i've killed my friends for these for these people who have no have, you know, have no moral compass, have no... No real loyalties. Yeah. Um, mm. it's, it's a fantastic scene. And that's followed, of yeah. course, by the first of many incredible... Well, no, maybe, maybe, I, I don't think it's the first of many, but the songs in Red Dead Redemption. Fucking Compass, man. Compass that's my favorite. in this moment. Now, Compass in itself is not... I'm not a massive fan of it on its own, but mm. in this moment, it is so beautiful. In this moment, you write when you're riding back to Abigail, John is literally riding into greener pastures. This is the it's the first time in the yeah. entire game that we see green grass, which you don't think, right? You don't think about that. But okay, maybe, no. maybe you go into tall trees another time. But like, this is the first time you you're riding towards the green. You're riding towards the light, and it's. Like the song just goes so perfectly with it, and it, it's just such a beautiful yeah. ride. And you feel like, even even when I knew what was happening in the scene on the replay, I was like, I, I felt mm-hmm. so happy for John, uh, like unironically. I yeah. Felt so happy, and it is bittersweet. Yeah. But... And then you do get back to the ranch. Yeah. Uh, Big beaches. And the, this is the thing, right? about like the, the the bit at the end with the ranch mm-hmm. uncle mm-hmm. is a different character to who he is <laughs> in like red dead 2 yeah because he's still like lazy and that still defines him but there's so much like him and john do like love each other because like when he dies it's a fucking tragic scene yeah. but like it th- feels like there's so much more resentment there than there was in red dead 2 mm-hmm. and i think it's clear that they changed him because like if you were with Red Dead One Uncle yeah. for the whole of Red Dead Two, you would you'd want you want you'd want him dead. Yeah, he, um, he's just but I, he's, he, he is just a full on asshole in a, in Red Dead One. That is. Yeah, you, you could see how like you know Uncle would grow more bitter though, just living True. life on the farm True. and just not doing anything. Yeah, you know? because what really defined Uncle was like. As much as he was lazy and didn't do anything, he still had all these people around him that like. He he was a, he was a lovable idiot. He was kind of kind of like Irish in a way, you know. Yeah. So him, you know, not having anything, just having this farm to take care of with no one around, 
you know, no one to, comp- to complain about his lumbago to. It's like, you can see how he would become, you know, frustrated with that. Yeah. And then um, the reunion scene with uh, with Abigail and Jack and Uncle. Yeah. Another he's, scene. he's and Abigail's dialogue is so real because yeah. it does feel like this, you know, this marriage that has been, like, yeah. weathered. Exactly. It's not... Not, not weathered, but... Exactly. Like, it's not... Because what know. they could have done, and what would have been the wrong direction to go, is really, like, romanticise it and make it a massive deal and make it super dramatic. Yeah. Right? But instead, they give you this song on the right back, and that's kind of more the dramatic moment. But when you actually get there, yeah. it's, like, it's still that real... It's still a real character dynamic, you know, and it's yeah. They they have this this human conversation. Yeah, like like you would expect. Yeah, like she slaps him and and, and all that, and mm. and then you you see Jack, and he's still like, it, it's not like some beautiful slow motion hug. It's like, oh, hey boy, how you doing? Yeah, it's he's like, like hesitant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you, see, you can feel the absence of it feels like John has been absent yeah, you know exactly it's not yeah. it's not some like overly emotional reunion even though it was built up to be like a massive thing and I think that's what's that's another thing that's great about their family dynamic is it's never it, it's almost like they never show it to each other but you can always see it outside of that you know like the way John talks about his wife and Jack and his, his daughter who apparently died at some point um the way the mm. way he talks about them, like to Bonnie and stuff, you can tell that he has such a such a love for them. But when he actually sees them, he's this he's quite he's, he's nice, but he's quite stoic. He's like, "How you doing?" I'm. This isn't. The well, yeah, deal. exactly. It's how you would speak to your family, you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, that shit's good. And then those missions, there's a few that are just like you heard. Um, some cows and shit yeah. it feels a lot like the start of the game where things feel simpler yeah. things are just happy for a bit yeah i think they're not like idealized and perfect yeah. but they're just yeah calm i think the fact that they went back to back to that like it's it's like it's it's what was it called like a cyclical structure right where even though at the start of the game it's mm-hmm. diff- the context is different you're still you know you're herding sheep you're living this simple farm life right but then wrap yeah. around to the end of the game it's like it's the same um what do you even call it it's 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 the same thing right you're back where you started but in completely different circumstances and it, yeah it's totally recontextualized exactly. and it, it, it's back to basics yeah but without this like daunting you know yeah. you're gonna have to kill people you've got a fucking journey ahead of you yeah. things are just like resolute you know yeah. and what i'm really glad about is that Bonnie got a conclusion and, and the McFarlane's. Mm-hmm. That's... Um, I think that's the first mission in when you, when you head back to Beecher's Hope um, and you ride up to buy cattle from Bonnie and you get this mm-hmm. really subtle scene, right? Because Bonnie, throughout the early stages of the game, you see, like, she lost all her family. She's clearly... Like, she, her, her dad is all, all she has. Her dad and her farm. She's clearly, mm-hmm. like, lonely, you know? But she tries to just tough through, yeah. and you see this after they after they buy the cattle and they head off. There's this 10, 15 second silent scene where you just see Bonnie looking at John in the distance, and you see this little thing in her yeah. you see this little thing in her face, and she turns around and she and she walks into the general store, and it's like, it's just this it's just this little melancholic like 
thing that you 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 never get it explained. Or you get it in, explained in Red Dead Two, obviously, but like it's never explained that. Well, in Red Dead Two, you see that her her husband died, um, mm. and then obviously her brother's left and stuff. But you just see this like, you can see that Bonnie really did care for John, and yeah, with, with the knowledge of the player that she's not going to see him again, it's really it's kind of heartbreaking in a way. Yeah, Bonnie. Bonnie is like one of the saddest characters, if not the saddest character in that game. Yeah. All of the characters are tragic to an extent, but Bonnie yeah. might be more so than more so. than everyone yeah. else. Especially since she's so, because she's one of the quote unquote good ones, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it fucks me up, man. Yeah. Um, mm. Like she's, but she's loyal to her farm. She's loyal to her dad. She doesn't want to go live the city life and be someone she's not. Just. For the yeah. City. Which is a yeah. So I, I, honestly, that's one of my favorite missions in, in the entire game, just for that moment. Yeah, it, it, exactly. And also, you, um, you, and you then, connect with Jack a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you cut out. I oh. just heard Jack, and oh, and, right. and a part of me left my body because I don't want to talk about Jack Marston. Why not? Uh, ah, don't tell I, me you I, don't I, like I wouldn't. Jack no, I th- I think I would prefer prefer Jack if he wasn't the protagonist, like at, or the fucking Jura protagonist or whatever it is. Yeah. After, I feel like that's where the hype for Jack comes from. Is because everyone fucking loves John, and now and now it's like, oh, you're this this kid, yeah. this fucking eighteen, nineteen year old, who like you know, is far from what his dad. No, not far. I, he, he sort of becomes his dad in well, the that, end, but yeah. like. I mean, I get, I get where you're which coming from. Which is fucking tragic. I get where, you, but yeah, no, I think because you know? a lot of the missions in Beatrice Hope are connecting with Jack, um, and you go, yeah, and he goes to kill the fucking bear. <laughs> well, yeah, you go hunting twice, and Jack's like, "Well, I'm gonna go hunt the biggest grizzly bear of all time on top of a snowy mountain." Um, Shard move, to be fair, that's what I did. Yeah, but th- but no, but then after that, you see like. You see him. I think what he says is like, I just wanted to show you that I am a man because you always say that I'm not because I read and I've you know. Yeah, that's fucking sad. And it's like, it 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 really is, because you can see that John doesn't want Jack to be him. You can see that John wants more for Jack, but at the same time, yeah, there's... it's hard for John to accept that Jack is or it is like is different and not, you know, a quote unquote real man. He's not like. A killer. He's at heart. He's like a. Yeah. He's 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 soft at heart in a, in a beautiful way. Um, yeah, and the things that Jack wants to do. Yeah. John isn't fond of like you know that dialogue when they're going hunting, mm-hmm. and Jack's like, oh, I might be a politician or a lawman. Yeah. And John says, uh, pick an honest profession. Yeah. You know, and it's like they they're very similar in in some ways, but like. They're, they're, like you look up to your dad yeah. and like you want to be like your dad but the thing is John actively wants Jack to be better and and to not fall down like the same trap that, that he or Abigail or Arthur did yeah. and so like it, it's fucking tough and then but yeah and then as, as time goes on you know you do some more missions with Jack and there is a ridiculous amount of foreshadowing as to what Jack will be, uh, as to what happens the amount of foreshadowing is actually mm-hmm. at times a little bit comical. Like the amount of times John says something along the lines of, uh, "You're not going to be a, you're not going to be a, 
uh, an outlaw. You're not going to be a gunslinger. Um, and then like Jack talks about books where he's read about gunslingers and how cool it sounds. And John's like, no, mm. you don't need to do that. You're going to be better, etc. It happens so much, but it is it, it's it, it's well done. Um, yeah. Which I think is why the fact that the last well the last quote unquote main mission of the game is it starts with a it's one of the longest cutscenes in the game and it's just this com- it's just this somber conversation between Jack and John it's very understated yeah. you know they're just making jokes uh, Jack mentions like he's going to write a book called The Day jo- uh, John Marston Stopped Shooting and yeah the, and that that day it and it is, was that yeah, day it was that yeah. day and it's like there's so much symbolism and foreshadowing in that scene and then you see mm-hmm. and then uncle calls you and as soon as uncle calls you you know that something's going to go wrong yeah it's you, you you're sort of waiting for that though like yeah. obviously we know what's going to happen yeah but like if i played the game now having never played it yeah i you'd just be waiting for some shit to happen because the game isn't just going to end with you farming you know yeah, that yeah. wouldn't be a, a proper climax yeah so um, I, I, I don't want to talk about although, the last mission, Joe. I'm going to cry. Although, Can we not do this? The uh, well, the last mission itself, when the army rides in, I kind of, I kind of don't like it. I, it's, if it, it feels really weird when the, the army rides in. It's just a complete change of tone. Like you murder like a hundred army generals. Yeah. And it, 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 just you and your fourteen-year-old son, and your and your seventy-five-year-old who's gone hunting twice. Yeah, it's like it's just it's just a little bit strange, eh? Yeah, um, it just throws you off a little bit. But then you know, well, you know, Uncle dies. Uncle, oh, and I f- that bro, I completely forgot that happened until the replay actually. Yeah, that that's sadder with Red Dead Two. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, it never really hit me before, but I think that's why I didn't remember it because it's just like, oh, Uncle dies. But it's, yeah, it, it is kind of a nice ending because there's a point in the game where they're talking about how old Uncle is, and John says something along the lines of like, he was always old. He was old when you were young. He was old when I was young. There's clearly just a reason mm. he's he, he's you know staying around, and in a way yeah. you could say that was his reason to you know. Like Jack, like Jack, John, and, and Abigail were his reason for for staying, for sticking around, for still living. Mm-hmm. And when you know when they inevitably are gone, he also he also dies. Yeah, first for the gang to die, isn't it? Yeah, it's fucking tough. Um, and then you go into the barn. Oh no, you don't. No, you don't. Oh, I wish you didn't. I wish. I desperately wish you didn't. Oh, I fucking hate this. And, uh... Yeah. Well, you go into the barn. And John tells Jack and Abigail to get on this horse. Go find a place to hide. Don't worry about me. Abigail says, I love you. Stay out of trouble. One last kiss and they ride away. And at first you think you're going to go out and shoot everyone. But then John slowly slowly walks up to the door and you can see with the way it's framed you slowly realise what's going to happen the way he fucking opens the door to peek out yeah and he sees all all the gun all the guns trained on him and he knows what he has to do not for you know not for any other reason than to save his family to get his family away he realises that 
like Dutch said, you can't change the past. That killing Dutch is not going to change things. Is not going to save his family. You know, going around mm-hmm. being the man he used to be is not going to save his family. Being the man he needs to be and dying for his family is the way he's going to is the only way he's going to truly save them. But yeah. but on the flip side of that, it leads Jack down a path that continues the same cycle of violence. Yeah. F- though this is ridiculous. so this is why Red Dead is so fucking tragic. Yeah. Because like Arthur dies yeah. to to you know prevent this like needless violence and this life and then it catches up with John and then he dies trying to do the same thing for Jack. Yeah. And then Jack falls into that and the game ends fucking 3 years before like America enter the war. Yeah. So like it would be a fair assumption to say that Jack would go and die in the fucking war. It's cyclical. Yeah. It's like it's like you can't fight nature, as Dutch says. Yeah. And it's like it's nature for these people to die in these brutal ways because, like, it's a way of life yeah. that, that, like, will stick with them and they will die with the West, yeah. sort of. You yeah, know, I, I don't exactly. know, but, it's that, you know. It's, a, the heart, it's heartbreaking when you see that the cycle of violence continues. And it's it's almost framed as, like... When you when it pans out from John's grave as a don't bury me on the uh, bury me not on the prairie place, it pans out and you see yeah. and you see Jack and he turns around, but it doesn't play any like really extreme music. It's a very muted score, and it's it's although it's yeah. like framed and like the shot is composed the same way a, sh- a hero shot would be. It's got a bittersweet mm-hmm. atmosphere to it because you see that Jack has fallen down the path the exact path that John didn't want him to go down. Yeah, and it's like there was no, Fuck's there was no it, way that that John could, John didn't have an option, you know. He, yeah, he could either save um, his family, and 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 see Jack become, you know, like there was no there was no way out. Yeah, it's, it's rough. What what? So um, yeah. What, what are you gonna say? What is slightly annoying about Jack though is that his his final mission and the true final mission of Red Dead Redemption One. Yeah, it's hit- a fucking stranger mission it's, for some well, yeah, reason. Well, yeah, it's hidden behind a stranger mission, which is kind of frustrating because I feel like a lot of people have probably missed out on that mission. Mm. Which, yeah, potentially. Which sucks because not only does it, you know, provide closure to, to the game somewhat, but um, it also takes you back through so many of the places you've been. It takes you down past Armadillo and Ch- Chola Springs through, like, for, you, you go from Blackwater through armadillo down to edgar's house ross's house yeah down through mexico past chiparosa to, to yeah it's reflective it. yeah um yeah. And, and it's it's well yeah it's it's like you're do, do you kill his wife and brother when you do that mission? no no oh i do oh really that's kind of horrible yeah yeah it's just funny isn't it nah because um, when, when he's talk, when he's when his wife talks about him it's so it's so interesting because the way his wife talks about him and the way his brothers talk about him are so contrasting. Like, his wife talks about yeah, him as if he's yeah. softened up and he just wants to retire. And then his brother talks about him as if, well, uh, as the man we know, as the man who's, mm-hmm. yeah, he's like, you know, heart of stone type thing. Yeah, you you have to kill them both, yeah. to be honest, for the true end. <laughs> just, just, fuck, fuck the cycle of violence. Yeah. F- fuck Edgar Ross. Yeah. Also, kill them. Another little symbolic thing, and I don't know if this was done on purpose. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but Edgar Ross's mm. house, where his wife is, is the same place that you stole the government gun. And you see, you see that irony that 
John stole the gun from a government John stole a government gun from a government official's house from the same government official house oh, that he was fuck yeah that he that he was ah uh, which I, yeah, I, may, I may be reading too much into that but it's a little that's thing I cool. noticed um, um yeah you literally walk, like rewalk the same steps that, that John took yeah until um and then yeah. you kill Ross and the entire Ross family is wiped off the face <laughs> of the earth uh, you've done it You've yeah. successfully continued the cycle of violence Good job, guys. and and took the lessons of Red Dead Redemption to heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you've played yeah, it right, no, that is. yeah. The real message is that revenge is good and it's satisfying, and you should do it. Yeah, no. But if you ki- kill his wife next time we play, kill his wife and brother, you'll feel better for it. <laughs> Just do it out of spite for this fictional yeah. video game character. Yeah, I mean, killing Ross is, but, is yeah. massively satisfying, but at the same time, it is like because. Ross at that point bittersweet yeah because Ross at that point he's retired he's not doing anything else like he's done his service it is just revenge yeah and there's no like you know yeah like Jack isn't stopping any any future atrocities he's just getting pure like bloodthirst revenge Mm -hmm. um and also in the it's presented as a duel which I think was a good decision but it shows, like, you know, in every duel, how it shows, like, them with their name above them. Yeah. It's really, he like... so fucking... <laughs> it looks yeah. really goofy. It's, like, it completely... <laughs> yeah, it's, I like, know. such a cinematic moment, and then you just get... It, it's so weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, that's Red Dead Redemption. That's the, well, story, that's the story of Red Dead Redemption. And it's a beautiful story. And what a fucking story it is. I mean, One of the best in gaming, dare I say. Yeah, I mean, for me, the, the best. best in gaming. For me, the best. Yeah. Not, I wouldn't say Red Dead 1 on its own is, although it is great, but combined... But as a duology. It's, it's, it's unmatched. Yeah. Truly unmatched. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, um, the, story, the story essentially ends there, and you get, you know, the final credits. And then you get... The best song in the game. You can't. You can't argue this. Dead Man's Gun. Dead Man's Gun is the best yeah. song in either of the games. The mm-hmm. the significant. You know, because obviously he's using the Cattleman revolver, the same revolver that J- that John used. Um, and that is you know, the Dead Man's Gun because on his grave yeah. as well, blessed be the peacemakers. A Cattleman is a peacemaker. So uh, I, take that as you I will. I didn't know. Yeah, spot on. Spot on. Yeah. Um, hands upon Dead Man's. Oh, uh, it's it, it's. It's just, it's just too perfect. It's just too perfect, and I'm so glad that they put the credits there because if they, if they didn't, then people would have missed it far more than they did as well. Yeah, that still is an odd choice, dude. Because th- that's the right conclusion to Red Dead Redemption, not yeah. just one but two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So even on like do you lists and stuff, it's counted as the last mission. So I don't know why it's a. Yeah, that's that's fucking mad. Yeah. Uh, you didn't, you couldn't find the strange man, could you? What's your name? You know, it's the darndest thing. I can't remember. Tell me your damn name and where you know me from. Well, I know you're from Mexico. I know you're from back out west. Well, I know you from all over. So yeah, the strange man. Mm-hmm. You you didn't play it, but you know it well. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. So listen, do you have any theories about him? Because like. This is fucking contentious, there's, even though. There's far too many. There's far too many uh, various, you know, various things. Mm. Now, 
the the theory that I believe <clears throat> is not. Be- I don't know if there's one theory that I can believe that I can say is true. Yeah. But the idea that he is like death, he is Satan, he is Mater. tragedy. I think is <clears throat> it, it is a pretty well founded one. Obviously, if you go into Tumbleweed in um in Red Dead Two, you see a photo of him in the background of one of the shops in the general store, right? Mm-hmm. And by the time Red Dead uh, One comes around, Tumbleweed, everyone's died of either sickness or has left because of uh, famine. You yeah, know? and then obviously we don't know what happens to Armadillo afterwards, but you, you, obviously you meet him in Hennigan's Stead in in Red Dead One, looking over Armadillo. And I forget, what is exactly is it that he says? Because that's um, another piece of he great. says that he's like an accountant of sorts. Yeah, and that's why I think he's. I think the accounts that he's keeping are people's deaths because he brings up Heidi McCourt. Um, he brings up people John have killed. Yeah, and like people say he's God. But I think, we, I, I guess it'd be on the nose, but I think with God, you wouldn't paint him as like, you wouldn't dress him like that, you wouldn't design him like that. Maybe. And like, also just the way that he speaks is so ominous. Yeah, and like, I've always seen him as a much more, as a darker figure, you know? He's, he's yeah, I think he, he's definitely like an omni, an omnipresent type of person. But yeah. he's not... Yeah, he he's not like a, a, a deity. He's not like a, a, a god. He's more ungodly, you know? Yeah. Um but that's the thing, is like that's where Red Dead won and like Undead Nightmare exists but it's not canon. Yeah. That's like the one time really that Red Dead One indulges in like not supernatural but like what whatever you want to call it, because like he knows the, this thing that's happening at like Thieves Land and this guy's gonna cheat on his wife. John shoot there was another theory about like you know John shoots him three times yeah. and then the fourth it jams. There's some significance to the number four, but I forget what it is. But yeah, I think he's well, he, he's death. I know that's like the common one and it's a bit boring, but you know. Yeah, that yeah, I think I don't know if it's if it's death per se, but it definitely like a I I, I could very well be it. I think his, his he's some form of tragedy. Yeah, his dr- like, his dress is also I think very important because it's it's the typical like civilization, it, it like the top hat, the suit, the mustache. It's everything that Red Dead kind of s- symbolizes civilization with, you know. And obviously, yeah, symbol- yeah, civilization, right. quote unquote, civilization is. Oh, constantly presented as the evil that's creating this cycle of violence throughout the game. So, I think mm-hmm. the strange man definitely like has a part to play in the tragedies happening. You know, happening. You know. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. It's. I, I hope we don't find out who or what he is, though. I never want, and I no, don't think I never, we will. I never want to explain. Although it's delved into far more. Um, yeah, it, it, it's delved into far more. I think the significance of four, of, of the fourth, uh, when, when his gun jams, is. I found this on Reddit somewhere. Well, I I always saw the I always saw the significance of that as um. The first shot is John. The second shot is Uncle. The third shot is Abigail, and then the fourth shot is Jack being spared because Jack was the only one who was spared. Oh yeah, because it's at Beach's Hope as well yeah. that final encounter. Yeah. 
So because mm. after John dies, Abigail like I'm pretty sure Abigail gets sick immediately. I'm pretty sure that's how she dies, and she dies like three years later. Yeah. So that that's the way I've always huh. looked at it. Um, with that scene, but it's it, it there's kind of in Red Dead Two. I feel like there's maybe a little bit too much about him. Well, there's there's the picture frame and people think fucking Trelawney is the do you remember that before yeah, Red Dead not, 2 came out yeah. and there was all the trailers yeah it, yeah nah not quite but um but yeah there's also the theory there's also the theory that no it's Armadillo that was plagued in Red Dead 2 and by Red Dead 1 it's flight yeah so there's the theory that like they kind of Armadillo sold its soul to the devil type thing Oh yeah, that's that's another. Th- There's loads of theories, um, but yeah, that is that's fucking weird. But anyway, Red Dead One. Yeah. Do you think, as of I today, mean, it is underrated? Well, I think before we get to that, because the Strange Man is one of many Stranger missions throughout the game. Yeah. Um, is there any Stranger missions that really stand out to you as either good or terrible? Uh, there's. We sp- we sp- we spoke about this. The fucking Jenny one. Yeah. Jenny, for- you could have done so much the, with yeah. with that because she's on the train Underwhelming. and she's like this idealistic young woman yeah. that represents like the new West. Yeah. And, and the mission with her, she's just in. She's just in the fucking like just the a, desert. Yeah, she's just a caricature. Eh? Like she doesn't have. Yeah. I, I, I always expect her to have like some type of arc or something, but she literally just you bring mm. her medicine and she just stays there, and she just fucking. Yeah, it feels pointless. It feels like, oh, you remember this woman from the train? Yeah. Well, she's a bit crazy. Yeah, uh, especially you know. considering like the thematic, you know, the underlying themes of what the what the what the priest was talking to her about. Like you'd assume that yeah. that would be the person that would give a message to John that would have an effect on him, but it's just it's just not, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Like you'd you'd assume um, something she would say would have an effect on him after the whole talk about like what's good and what's evil type thing yeah yeah I I think so what about you I'm not gonna lie I think Stranger Missions in Red Dead 1 don't don't say they're they're okay they're they're good there's a Mm -hmm. lot there's a lot of good ones but a lot of them are very anticlimactic in a way and maybe that was just because of like restraints of the time but it's like so many of them are mm-hmm. you'll meet someone they'll tell you to go find something or to go you know kill someone and then you do it and then it just ends the mission just ends there you never see that person again you never get any follow-up except for maybe in some like newspapers yeah. so it's like a lot of them don't never get like full conclusions like there's there's mm-hmm. a bunch where someone's maybe lost a family member in armadillo and you have to go find them and then you go you go try to american find appetites yeah you go try to find them yeah. and then you do and then the mission just ends and you know it's not properly concluded yeah yeah that that one's fucking um, weird and I think that's maybe just a, a product of the game coming out in 2010 like they couldn't make fully fledged yeah. massive stories for side missions mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah that is there, true because they are better in Red Dead 2 yeah definitely I think it does the characters that are in them though are, are, are quite interesting Okay. Also, well, how about this? Yeah. Um. The Peter and his wife. That's another one that. Yeah, I like that it, one. I like it, and it prevents it presents a really cool concept. Um, 
but it's not it doesn't get a conclusion like you find out that Peter died and then it's over you don't go see the wife again yeah and it's like it's a I don't know mm-hmm. maybe, maybe I'm wrong there maybe there's another scene with her I don't I don't know but I don't remember there being one yeah like like what what I would imagine would happen was like you'd inform her and she'd then like kill herself or something you know yeah and like she's been yeah. she's been holding on to this hope for like hundreds of years that he's gonna eventually come find her and he's just yeah dead. 37 years I think it was yeah so yeah. anyway so okay that's what I think of the Stranger Missions that- other side content in the game is great though for the most part yeah like random events are, are hit and miss yeah. so many times there'll be someone who say hey can you give me and they'll nick your horse yeah. <laughs> yeah. that one's overdone but there, there's there's somewhere like some guy robbed like a shipment going to a bank mm-hmm. with a safe on the back you can steal from the safe or take it back to the bank that one's cool yeah. the, the more open ended ones generally they're more yeah. fun I also think just like the little things in the world like the little pieces of side content add so much that atmosphere and immersion like mm-hmm. the wanted system for example it's fairly it's fairly simple uh, for the most mm-hmm. part but it it adds like it adds extra incentive to play it honorably um, and the fact that you actually have to yeah. you have to go to the office and pay it off you know it's like it's just it's, there, there's a lot of little things throughout the game that adds like yeah or like br- yeah, breaking horses that, you can go break horses for people um, you can go on night watch at I, the farm or go on night watch I fucking love night watch night watch is great yeah night watch is cool yeah like th- there's so there's so many little activities that aren't like full on you know they don't have a story they don't have but they're just they're just in the world they're, just things you can yeah, do yeah it's it's not like they're not there for the sake of John it feels like those things that you can do are just there in the world and for, just for you. especially in a game that came out in 2010, that's impre- that's an impressive feeling to make because so much side content in like in old games is so like it's quite janky. Like people, like NPCs will just stand around, like just and mm-hmm. give you a letter to deliver or whatever. Yeah, Whereas yeah. Like, the- like Red Dead One's so immersive because everything's interactive. Yeah, and it's integrated. Or into like the world. most things. Yeah. Just things like being able to hitch your horse. Yeah. It, yes. You know, shit like that's cool. It's the best and as you said about like looking up at the rain, you know. Yeah. yeah. It's all that type of stuff. For sure. For sure. But um, yeah, right. So in that sense, we agree that Red Dead Two mm-hmm. is an evolution of Red Dead One. Yeah. Is there anything that you think Red Dead One does better than Red Dead Two? Um, we agreed think, on like you know commentary and shit. Yeah, I feel like the a lot of the dialogue is I I don't know if I want to say better like what m- more well written right because sometimes right. it's a lot more on the nose for one. Um, but like yeah, like there's not as much ambiguity with like. Well, there's not ambiguity, but not as much is said with, like, Agent Milton yeah. than there is with, like, Ross and Exactly. Forden, there's, you know? there's a lot more commentary. There's a lot more questioning of, like, the morals of, of what people are doing. Whereas, like, yeah. the dialogue in Red Dead 2 is... It still has that, but it's it's mm-hmm. it's more... it's Not, not as, to the same extent. It's not really fleshed out with the dialogue. Because Arthur isn't... Yeah. Like, John is a is a very, like, witty character, you know? 
Um, mm-hmm. He's constantly make like cracking jokes and shit, but like he's got a very dry sense of humor. Whereas Arthur's kind of, I don't want to say stupid. He's not stupider. He's just like he's not as he's not as like inquisitive, I suppose. Yeah, and he yeah, a lot like he keeps things to himself a lot more. I feel. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I I think that's one thing that for its time in comparison. I'd say I, I prefer slightly to Red Dead 1. From a gameplay yeah. perspective, though, I mean, the shooting system's the exact same. <laughs> uh, John's hair. John's hair is definitely better. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's get That's thousands the worst of com- thing. Let's get thousands of Dead comments 2. saying Red Dead 2's bad because uh, Red Dead 2 bad because John hair isn't dirty. That is another level of fucking autism. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> I didn't notice his hair at all, oh. and I'm fucking me. The the one thing that does you know? piss me off is that you can grow a massive beard with him, though. Because in no, what pisses me off is you can be totally clean shaven, like not even That's stubble. Also nasty. It looks fucking disturbing. It's not right. But nah, because it, it's it, fucking in weird. Red Dead, you remember in Red Dead Two when you when you get the like iconic cowboy effort, and the music yeah. plays and you ride out. That moment happened yeah. for me. But John had short hair and a massive fuck off beard, <laughs> so I, I I was like it just looked so wrong. So I had to turn around, which cancelled the music, and shave because I, I just I just couldn't get over it. <laughs> I, I wasn't gonna let it happen. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean I also think Dead Man's Gun is a better song than anything Red Dead Two has, but I think Red Dead Two is more consistent with its songs, and its soundtrack is. Like, Red Dead Two is more is cinematic with its soundtrack, yeah. like. Red Dead One knows when to just shut up and not yeah. not play any music, like especially the shit with like John and Abigail when they meet up again, mm-hmm. and like the dialogue with Dutch. It knows when to just play things yeah. like dry you, and realistic. Yeah, there's a lot of use of silence in the game that adds to adds to you know yeah. adds to the atmosphere. Like there isn't constantly ambient music, um, and whilst mm-hmm. in some games that could be annoying or like weird. In in Red Dead yeah. in Red Dead it really works because it it just feels like you are there like you're just in this empty world. Yeah, fly on the wall, that, that type of shit. Yeah. So okay, with that said, how about you? Are we on the? What are you gonna say? What, well, what do you think is uh, worse in Red Dead Two than in comparison to Red Dead One? Um, worse. Yeah. Uh, like most most things, really. Um, horse riding especially. Oh no, um, I'm, I prefer no, worse in worse in Red Dead. Two, so better in Red Dead One in comparison. Okay, for me it'd be like the difficulty of gunfights because okay. in Red Dead Two, if you have like your cause sorted out, yeah. you can just fucking run in and massacre people. True. But in Red Dead One, you need to like utilize cover yeah. carefully. You need to make sure people don't flank you, or like if someone comes around and is flanking you. Yeah in Red Dead 1, you feel like there's like an imminent problem. Yeah. But in Red Dead 2, so long as your cause is sorted, you just sort of fine. Yeah, that's... And like, there was a few times where I died on my replay, but in Red Dead 2, that yeah. doesn't really happen. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Also, I think that... Although obviously medicine and like Jolly Jacks is in the game in Red Dead 1, in the replay mm-hmm. I actually didn't use any because I forgot they existed. Neither did I. Um, mm. But that made it like... No, I like that difficulty because, anyway. Yeah, because there's no health, like specific health bar, and it's just mm. like, and the enemies also have aim and have power, 
Like they feel like threats. So I I, I get I get what yeah. you're saying there. Whereas in Red Dead Two, they never really feel like they're like they might get one or two hits yeah. on you. Whereas in Red Dead One, if you come out of cover, you're going to get hit five times if you don't get back in. Like you're going yeah. to be shot. So do you agree then that Red Dead One could do with a remaster? On like the same engine I, or the same version of the engine. Absolutely, I absolutely think that Red Dead One should get a remake using the Red Dead Redemption oh, yeah, Two gameplay engine. Ideally, I would prefer a game simply called Red Dead Redemption, which combines both games. Where's the two happily yeah. make it one hundred twenty dollars. I'll still buy it. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, just c- combine them both and tell the true full story of John, Jack, and Arthur. Um, and then you'd revive uh, fucking like the original Red Dead Online because that was fun yeah. from what I played of it back in the day. Yeah, I mean, no, yeah. but sure, that's definitely no. It was decent. Red Dead, it was alright. Red Dead Online is the worst thing to ever spawn. No, I mean Red Dead One's online. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, that was uh, weird. You, you can rarely, have like shit. I'm pretty sure you could duel people. I think I played it like three times, maybe. I played it a few times, but I enjoyed my time with it. Um, yeah, that that'll be fucking cool. A lot of people say they want mm-hmm. like Red Dead One with Red Dead Two's map. I'd say fuck no, because then it's just gonna be like empty. Oh, that would be weird. And yeah, like what reason does John have to go out to like Sandinay yeah, no, in Red Dead One? The thing is. Red Dead Two already has Red Dead One's map created. Other, you don't have Mexico. Yeah, but I mean, in like a Red Dead One remake, that's one of the things that people yeah. say they'd like. That, I, I think it'd be wasted that, yeah, on Red Dead One. That's the thing. I can't imagine a Red Dead One remake. What I have in my mind is, it's basically like a sixty dollar DLC for Red Dead Two. Like, mm-hmm. the, I I don't know if you can even remake Red Dead One. I think you have to just make them both together. Because the maps yeah. connected, it's already the, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong there. Well, they, they go so well together as well. Yeah. Like fucking. They seamlessly tra- transition into one another. So. Yeah, I mean, like it'd be weird going from the end of Red Dead Two into like mm. that cutscene at the start of Red Dead One. But like the thing is, or if you bridged that, it'd work well as just like one fucking 60 hour game yeah because you easily could you, know? you easily could just add an extra few like an add an extra couple missions and, where you have to deal with Milton and Ross Not and that Milton, would be the best Red Dead 2 is the best game of all time but that would be, That'd be another the best that would, game that would of be all time un, that would be untoppable that would be untoppable you could not top that yeah that'd be two of the I don't think Red Dead 2 can be topped I well I don't think it can unless either, it's by Rockstar right now, but like you, you never know but like if you if you combine two of the best games ever, it's like mm. and and age it up as well because like yeah. you Red Dead <laughs> One in like some areas the it hasn't aged in the way that like all great things don't age like the soundtrack hasn't yeah. the atmosphere hasn't the story hasn't I think as a game but then like I I have to say as a game it definitely like. I don't know how to say this. It right? has aged. Yeah, it's 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 not. Uh, going back to it, it was like, this isn't. Th- th- yeah, this is this is different. This feels very different compared to when I played it in twenty twelve. It's yeah. It's I not, mean, the, the worst thing to me is shooting people 
because like the the render discs, it, there's there's not enough like clarity, yeah. so people will sometimes just blend in with their surroundings, and you, you have no clue yeah. where you're being shot from. And Horse riding's a bit fucked. Melee combat's fucked. Yeah, texture. I mean, you know. graphically, the, I think that's probably the place where the games age the most. Um, I mean, now, yeah, graphics, I, graphics don't matter to be clear, but like, if you watch a cutscene, a lot of the cutscenes will be the the characters will be rendered. Nothing else around the movie. And it's I, it can throw you off a little bit. I like the way that Red Dead One, like, as I say, clarity. I wish there was more of that. But I like the way that Red Dead One looks like a, a, a fucking oil painting or some shit. Like, I I don't know what, if I'd prefer it. No, that's not what I mean. I just it has a lot of. I'm not making excuses, but like, yeah. I don't know. It's something about it that I like. Yeah. But what I'm glad, yeah. I, I'd I'd rather that there just wasn't good render distance. I'm just glad that they never they don't do the smoke trick in in Red Dead One. They don't add smoke and like fog everywhere. Well, then you're not gonna know where anyone is. Yeah, <laughs> it's the one fucking indicator. Yeah, because like they could yeah. have easily just added fog because it's a big map for for 2010. It's a fucking mm-hmm. huge map. Um, but but yeah, no, I'm I'm glad they didn't just add fog because it's just it just looks terrible. Don't add fog to your games. I'm glad that they didn't do a fucking GTA 4 and give everything motion blur. Mo- fuck oh, motion blur. Nobody be, likes motion blur. That would have been rough. Well, no. If Luckily, you, it's a thing of the past. If you spin I, the camera around fast enough, much. there is a little bit, but it's not. Proper. Yeah, but it's not like GTA 4, yeah. where everything just becomes smudged. Yeah, and you can't. You know. Yeah, nothing looks real. Nothing looks tangible. Yeah, Red Dead One though. That's still in my. It, it's not in my top five anymore. But it's like it's just 10. outside of it. It's solid. It, yeah, it's in my definitely top in my top ten. Um, uh, it's it'd be almost sixth or seventh favorite gun. Yeah, it's it's definitely up there. Um, I think it just it definitely has flaws, and I think like it's very yeah. it's very hard to call like a masterpiece. But I think I I would call it from a an from a narrative perspective. I think it's a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Um. But I think like some of the pacing issues and some some of the just jank that it has brings it down slightly. It's still one of my top ten favorite games, but it's you know like it's it's nowhere near. Yeah. It's not. It's by no means perfect, but the story it tells is. Um, so what you're saying is, if it was remade and if it was bundled with Red Dead Two, yeah. it would be the best game ever made. Yes, yes, I am. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so what a fucking game it is. Yeah. Um, Deserves a clap, truly, so, but I'm not going to give it one because it's a podcast. Um, right. But yeah, no. Um, so that was two hours and 20 minutes of Red Dead 1. Initially, this podcast was meant to be a take on the Western genre as a whole, you know? We'll look, we'll look at good, the bad, Let's and the ugly. talk about we'll that. Look at Rango. We'd look at a bunch of stuff. But since we've spoken about two hours and 15 minutes about Red Dead 1, I think we can briefly go over. Uh, the Western genre as a whole. Yeah, Joe, is the Western genre dead? Well, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting... It's an interesting case, because... Obviously, right, back in 70s, 80s, the the Western genre was driven into the ground. Thanks to, um, Mm -hmm. what's it, Clint Eastwood films, thanks to just an oversaturation. uh, Audiences did not want to see it. It was the last thing audiences wanted to see. 
they'd seen oh, oh. standoffs for days. So, in that, the classic Western genre, yes, is dead. But thanks to thanks to the likes of Red Dead Redemption, thanks to the likes of Rango, thanks to the likes of um, No Country for Old Men. I was fucking banger. Fair enough. I was gonna say the Hateful Eight. Um, yeah. You know, thanks to like the of those films, the Western genre mm. has been brought back and revived, but it it's definitely not the same as it was. So like, I wouldn't even say there is a west like the Western genre is a very specific type of film from from the seventies and eighties. Films set in the Western period now. Mm-hmm. It. You can you can argue whether they're different things, you know. I mean, Rango and Red Dead One are parodies of of the of the uh, Western genre, but like Red Dead Two yeah. and The Hateful Eight are are genuinely you know great unique modern films that separate themselves from from that from mm-hmm. the cliches and stereotypes of the genre. So you can argue whether it's dead or not, but I don't think that mm-hmm. films set in that period are dead, you know. Well, this is the thing: is I think. Well, that's the thing is like films set there's the aesthetic of like the west and then there's like genre tropes yeah. and the thing is one of the reasons why films like the westerns died was because the people caught on of like how fucking big they were and so filming permits in a place like Arizona yeah. or Nevada like a southwestern state they went right fucking up. They became so expensive to make. Yeah. And that's why you had, like, the Italian westerns become, like, a big thing. Right. But the the thing the thing for me is you have the aesthetic of a western, right, and then you have genre tropes. And that's why I don't think westerns are dead because people still enjoy genre tropes and conventions of westerns. Yeah. And that's why um, fucking neo-westerns are a big thing. Like, No Country for Old Men, it's not a new film, but it's certainly after, like, yeah. way after the height of the Westerns. That's a Western... Well, it is set in, like, the Southwest. But the thing is, even though it's set in, in 2007, yeah. it still has, like, you know, a, a big treasure. It's about societal change and, like, the American dream to an extent. Yeah. Those are all, like, parts of the Western genre. Yeah. And just because it's not set back then doesn't mean that, like, it's totally detached from it. Yeah. And so, like, neo-westerns are still a fucking big thing because people still enjoy yeah. western tropes. It's hard to de- and so I don't think that the genre is entirely yeah, dead. It's, It'd I be mean, hard to say that it is. It's hard to define a genre, isn't it? Like, especially in this day and age yeah. when there's such an oversaturation of, like, entertainment, you know? Like, even, like, music. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Like, you've got rock and then you've got a million different variations of rock. And I think you can say the same thing. Like, like you said, you've got spaghetti westerns, classic spaghetti westerns. You've got neo-westerns like old country for old men so it's really it depends on how you define the genre really but no i think there's definitely been a comeback um and you know it'd be nice to see more westerns because i think it's a very interesting time period that you know there's a lot of opportunity there for but but that's it even westerns that aren't neo that are just westerns Mm -hmm. are like still exist like you had 2019 you had like Ballad of Buster Scruggs and like El Camino two of the biggest well El Camino is not a it's a neo-western but like Ballad of Buster Scruggs come out and then you have like 
In the early to mid 2010s, you've got like Django, High Flight, Bone Tomahawk. Yeah. You have like full on westerns that still exist because people still like the genre. Yeah. It's just not as glamorous as it used to be, you know. Yeah, I, 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 get, I get you. It's not. It's not a cultural zeitgeist. I mean. Yeah. Exactly. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I th- yeah. I don't, I'm not sure that counts. As a western. Yeah, but it's also an indie film that made six and a half grand on opening weekend. Yeah, but like it's still set in the old west, and it's yeah, like, but it's not. You know. But I don't think you can argue that something's not dead just because. Th- I'm not saying it is dead, but like, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Like, sure, people are still creating them, but. Mm-hmm. It, they're not popular. Yeah, as you say, they're not like the Zoist ghost yeah, anymore, like, but I don't think that means they are dead. But if they're not culturally significant, which I, I think they are, but if they're not culturally significant, that would make them dead. So I don't think the Ballad of Buster Struggs is necessarily a great example, but I, I get what you're saying. No, it did It did some bits. It, didn't it win a few, a few Oscars? Did it? Yeah, I think it did. Fair enough. It did quite well. Well... Critically, maybe it did well. Yeah, anyway, I don't think the Western is dead. So. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I would say that they're not, but you, it's hard to go back to classic spaghetti westerns and make a film that's refreshing and not, mm-hmm. you know. Like, it's so hard. I, I, you know, if I was a filmmaker, I'd find it, and I was tasked with making a western, I'd find it so hard not to just lean on cliches and stereotypes and references to all the yeah stuff. Well, well now it's hard to make a western that's culturally re- that's culturally relevant yeah. without being like self-aware and satirical exactly and, so and i like, think that's why so many western stuff is self-aware and cr- uh satirical like i mean you've got mm-hmm. some shit ones like a hundred million ways to die in the wet to, to die oh, in the west right, yeah. <laughs> uh, but then you've got like something like rango which i think is the perfect parody which I might make a film, um, might, might make a video about actually, because Rango's like the perfect pa- yeah. parody of Westerns. Yeah, it's a fucking good film. Um, and it's uh, yeah, and it's, still, and, it's, and it's still good. So, it, it it's tough. It is a tough question. I don't think genres ever truly die, but no, yeah, they definitely fall in and out of the you know in and out of culture yeah anyway Joe yes. do you reckon that's it for episode one of the past cast I think that might be the premiere episode premiere episode um, so if you enjoyed mm-hmm. make sure to hit like so we can uh, make more of these uh, <laughs> make sure to hit like yeah um, make sure to subscribe to the Four Pillars Network if you're not already I'm assuming you are if you're watching this but just do it anyway and me subscribe to me yeah. please and, well no you don't make videos I do. <laughs> I'm just taking my time. I do, give me, man. Give me a week. I do. I need to fit. I need to fit in at least one terrible Australian accent um, before the podcast into ends. every fucking thing that we do. It, yeah. it, well, it can't end if I don't do that. So that's just how it be sometimes, mm-hmm. chief. Um, yeah, Red Dead One, good game. Western genre, good genre. Jack, do you have any? This isn't the Eagles call, but do you have any closing remarks? No, I think you've just summed up. Don't even watch yeah. the. Just release on Twitter that statement. Red Dead One is good. Westerns are cool. 
<laughs> and you won't even need to watch the fucking thing. Well, exactly. It, there you yeah, go. they don't save you two yeah, and a half hours. It, yeah, exactly. Well, you've. I mean, if you yeah. watch at this point, you wasted your time. Could have just looked at my Twitter. You idiot. We fooled you. We tricked yeah. you. We bamboozled you. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, thank- Thanks for watching, though, boys. Yeah. I do hope you enjoy. Uh, we're gonna keep on. We're gonna do some some more. We're, we're gonna do more release next yeah. week, or no, ne- not next next week. This is gonna be a bi-weekly podcast. I love how we didn't even explain the podcast in the start of this. We just yeah, we're gonna do some other games and also films yeah. and stuff. But um, two weeks from now, uh, two weeks from now, we're going to episode two of the podcast will be on Raimi Spider Man, both the films and the games. Which if you've played the games, get get ready. Because Spider Man Three is a is a great time. Make I've sure, not played make the sure games. Just stay tuned for that. In a fucking I'm gonna while. make you to. I'm gonna make you play the games because they're fantastic. I've played Spider Man Two. I like the web swinging in the original Spider Man Two. Do you have a Wii? Cool. Do you have a Wii? We shouldn't be talking about this on the podcast. Yeah. Do you have a Wii? Yeah. If you can find Spider Man Three on the Wii, it is the worst game of all time, and I need you to play it because it's so funny. Amazing um, Spider Man Two is worse. Nah. Oh, stand by that. That's a fucking. Cap. Anyway, uh, anyway. <laughs> so yeah, stay tuned for that. We'll be back two weeks from now on the past cast. Thanks again for watching. Much love.